Welcome to the Hall of Heroes podcast with your hosts, Jared Bachman-Stumps and Spencer Simpson. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Hey guys, you ever seen that really old movie? Empire Strikes Back? Jesus, Tony, how old is this guy? I don't know, I didn't carbon date him, he's on the young side. Fuck that man. You ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. Lobo. Oh, it's on. <laughs> Let the good times roll. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Hall of Heroes podcast. I'm your host, Jared Bachman Stubbs, and joining me, as always, is my co-host with the co-host, Travis Grossman, with Spencer Simpson probably poking in about halfway through randomly. Most likely. Oh, yeah. It helps if I join the voice channel first. Yeah, you dipshit. Not, I always click send an invite instead of just... Nope, not that one. You'll get there. I did it. Good job. I'm proud of you. Ta-da. Before we get the ball rolling here with this uh, decent... Eh, it's, it's not a heavy week. There's a lot of this exists <clears throat> stories. Um be sure to tune in to part three of our Skywalker Saga audio commentary series on Dubak Discussion. We sat down to watch the Revenge of the Sith with Jason Ward of MakingStarWars.net. Uh, super excited for you guys to hear that one. It's a great episode. It was a great time had by all. Uh, next or this coming Sunday on Dubak, tune in for our audio commentary of A New Hope with Matt of Blue Bantha Milk Co. Uh, it's a good time had by all, and I'm waiting for you guys to hear it. That said... Travis, how was your week? Uh, uneventful, except for the last hour. <laughs> um, so I'm sitting at home all cozy. It's 6 p.m. We're recording this right now a little after 8. Yeah. I get a text message from my boy Matt. Yeah. Listener Matt. And Matt texts me and says, hey, why is Jedi Fallen Order on the shelf at Walmart already? Oh. The Walmart I work at. And I'm like. Okay, roads are bad right now. We we got like our first big snow of the year today. And I'm like, roads are bad right now. I shouldn't be out to drive unless I'm going to Jared's. Yeah. If I can get this game right now, it's worth it. (laughs) So I get there. I know the guy working the counter and I'm like, Josh, buddy. You got to see. You got to see if it'll work for me. I got to hope. And sure as shit. The register wouldn't let him ring it up. Oh, that sucks, man. This fucking close. Uh, but yeah, I uh, unfortunately did not get to play Jedi Fallen Order three days early. I wonder if my console would have even let me. Like if I would. I don't think the consoles like recognizes it because I'm mean, I'm sure consoles have to be ready to accept like press copies. That's true. Well, no, I'm sure get, people at like well, Otaku and IGN already have a copy and they're playing well, now it right they, now. now. I think now they do like digital keys. Oh, that would like make sense. Yeah. Keys. yeah, that makes more sense. But yeah. So what are you going to do? Um, also this week, I don't know if they're still running while like when this goes up because I think they started last Friday. Oh, okay. Um, there's this long running stream called Desert Bust for Hope. Jared, do you know what the game Desert Bus is? It sounds familiar. It's a bad game. It's <laughs> You literally are driving a bus through the desert 
I forget where. Like, there's a stop and end point. I think the end point's somewhere in Nevada. Like, it might be Vegas. Oh, I know. I know where. I heard of them talking about that on. Um, how did this get played? No, yeah. wasn't the, it wasn't the game that they covered, but like it came up multiple times. They were playing a game similar to it. Yeah. Um, and so this group that I already watch a lot called Loading Ready Run came up with the idea of, what if we stream this game for a week, and during the stream raise money for charity. Uh, and it, like yeah. now it has its whole thing, like it's a whole company. Uh, and once a year for a week, they stream Desert Bus for Hope. Uh, they raise money for Child's Play. If you have a minute or a dime, go there. They will entertain you. Uh, genuinely, like these people, they're a comedy troupe. They're some of the funniest people on the yeah. internet. Uh, and they deserve your dollar if you have it to spare. So please go do that. Jared, how was your week? Uh, my week was uh, pretty uneventful as well. Uh, last week, I got to see leading ladies at the Geyer Performing Arts Center. It was a great time. Very funny. Amazing performances turned in by that cast. Seeing comedies that your friends are in are always better. Oh, my God. They're always so better. Well, especially when, like, Will Dixon, mm-hmm. he was in drag for most of the show. In drag, playing a British person. Excellent. So, like, everything is here. Talking up here is very Mrs. Doubtfire. Is you know, it's very funny. Uh, I was up very late last night on Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, oh, dude, Disney Plus and I had a fucking boxing match this oh, morning. I know. Here was my watching order. So generally, I watch Batwoman and Supergirl the day we record. Yeah. Because it comes out on Sunday, Monday. I have a block in the morning on Tuesday. <laughs> have a block. I. I watched 15 minutes of Batwoman, about 20 minutes of Supergirl, and then my I watch On Demand now through Xfinity because it's better than the CW app. Yeah. And I watched that. I watched I watched something happen and like On Demand shit out for Batwoman, but not for Supergirl. So then I watched like 20 minutes of Supergirl, and then Disney Plus let me in, so I watched The Mandalorian, and then I finished Supergirl, and then I finished Batwoman. Okay, this is a very important question I'm about to ask you. Okay. Who is your avatar on Disney Plus? I think it's Mickey. I haven't changed it. Oh, you haven't changed it? No. Why? Who's yours? Is that a question you have to ask? Oh, wait. Okay, I haven't seen what all the options are, but now that you just said that, obviously it's Yoda. Yeah, it's Kylo Ren. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I was like, oh, hey. And like, all I saw was that there was like a list that was like one that said like Disney, Marvel, Pixar, Star Wars. And I'm like, Kylo, 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 Kylo. Um, I don't think Spider-Man is going to be listed under the Marvel one. Otherwise, it would have it would have come down to Kylo or Spider-Man um, in a very tight race. Uh, but yeah, I got to watch The Mandalorian. I watched a little bit of Spider-Man, the animated series. Like I said that I would. Uh, what frustrated me, and maybe it's different now and they fixed it, Spider-Man the Animated Series is listed out of order. Oh, yeah? So if you click on it, let me see right now. When you click on it, it is apparently listing that the first episode is The Return of Venom, which is the first episode with Carnage. Also, look at all these icon options. Oofa doofa. Disney Plus is still working out some kinks. But overall, yeah. like, now it's functioning almost entirely properly. There you go. 
Uh, let me pull up Spider-Man the Animated Series just, I, just so you can see what I'm talking about. I watched that. We'll have fixed it. Yeah, so it says that episode one is Sins of the Father, Chapter 10, Venom. Yeah. And then the second episode listed is Night of the Lizard, The Spider Slayer, Return of the Spider Slayers, Dr. Octopus, Armed and Dangerous, The Menace of Mysterio. Like, it feels like – I think the rest of them are in order at this point. But like once you get to the ninth episode, it's part one of the symbiote story arc. I am confusion. Uh, what I really want to do is I want to figure out where all the crossover episodes are. Because if you remember, they did a big crossover episode with the Fantastic Four cartoon, the X-Men cartoon, and the Cap and Iron Man cartoons. And they did um, Secret Wars. Ooh. Like, See, I, like, like Battle World Secret yeah, Wars. Yeah. So I kind of want to find that because I remember watching that. I remember what that that was the that was when I I lost my Doctor Doom virginity. <laughs> And I was like, oh my god, he's just so menacing and edgy. I love him. Little four-year-old Jared was just like, edginess! (laughs) I didn't have the word edgy yet, but I was like, there's something just obnoxiously over the top and I need it. Um, I love Doc Ock's outfit in that show. I hate the bowl cut. Yeah. I hate Doc... I don't know why everybody insists on giving Doc Ock a bowl cut. Because it makes him a nerd. I hate it. I fucking hate I the agree bowl with cut. You. I'm so glad in the PS4 game, because like I avoided any knowledge about anything that was in the game. So I didn't even and know so, that Otto was going to be in the game. Yeah, I actually didn't know either. And I don't know if that was something they hid, or like what the nature of how they wanted to handle Doc Ock in that game was. Um... I don't remember because like the the scene where it's revealed that the Sinister Six has been formed was in a trailer, but the sixth person wasn't shown, and I I don't remember Otto being there, but it's been so long, and that scene is so ingrained in me is like, oh god, it's Doc Ock. I really want to replay it. Right, me too. Do you have a physical copy? Yeah. Uh, no, I lied. Fuck it, Doc. I want to buy one. I have to text somebody because they'll let me share play it. Anyway. <laughs> Um, but that like green and yellow armor, so iconic. Uh, but yeah, very, very much enjoying Disney Plus. We have some Disney Plus related stories uh, a little bit later and, um, things in the works for whenever, uh, Marvel Disney Plus shows start up that we can hopefully do. Um, but that is very far in the distant future. Yeah. Um, so that, that's not even a worry we have at the moment. It's not a worry I even have going forward. Like, because like I said, I think they're only going to release one show at a time in the same way that DC Universe is the same thing. Yeah. Did we include that story in the thing, by the way? I it, did not because I'm bad at my job. It It's not even a story. Titans is getting a season three officially like confirmed by DC. Yeah. Why can't I stop carrying this cross? I want to say, though, and I'm not sure like what the art for Titans has been, like the logo and stuff, like the art style for each season. It's the, color. It's color coded. So like, did you see that the new season is black and blue? Yeah. So I've there's I think the images of Nightwing are. I think Nightwing they are a, they are one hundred percent real. Oh, I knew they were real. But like, it's just a matter of like, do we get Nightwing at the end of this season? Yes. or Nightwing at the beginning of the it's next at the end season? of the season. I guarantee. Like it has to be because of this episode. Oh, I will talk about that later. Okay, cool. Stating everybody's tuned, appetites. Kids. Stay tuned. So we're going to jump into the news now. Uh, Apologies for forgetting that Titan story. This is an MCU podcast after all. 
<laughs> and speaking of the, which, we, we, because we consistently talk about the MCU on this show, um, you want this? You want me to get it? Ah. Uh, you can do the Joker one. I'll do this one. Sounds good. I'm the DC guy. Emmy-winning writer Jessica Gao set to develop new Disney Plus series about She-Hulk, reporting from Entertainment Weekly's uh, Rosie Cotero. Emmy Award-winning uh, writer Jessica Gao will help bring Marvel's She-Hulk to life for Disney Plus. The Rick and Morty alum has been hired to develop and lead the show's writing room. Uh, Hollywood Reporter announced on Sunday. She confirmed the news by sharing THR's announcement saying, Dream come true, one, I, dream come true, I am deceased. Uh, don't worry, I will resurrect to do the job. Gail has an impressive resume with credits on shows like Robot Chicken, Silicon Valley, Rock, uh, Rick and Morty, and she won a Primetime Emmy Award in 2018 for the Rick and Morty episode, Pickle Rick. I'm Pickle Hulk! Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, Morty. Oh, Morty. Uh, I turned myself into a Hulk. I'm Hulk Rick. I don't even watch Rick Morty. and Morty. And I, Morty, I, I'm a surrogate for Dan Harmon. Morty. Oh, boy. My, my wife left me and I'm an alcoholic. Morty. Morty. Sorry. I couldn't help myself. Shit. That was that was a lot to take in. My, my coworker, Jake, fucking despises Dan Harmon. I have not gotten a chance to get into Rick and Morty. It's honestly not that worth it. Like, it... it the premise of it and the style of humor seems like it's up my alley. It is. Like, like it's like the absurdest comedy. The, what does it for me, and it's, we've talked about this before, probably off air. We might have said it on air. But, like, the the community around it generally has that air of... I know why people are afraid to get into Star Wars. Because <laughs> it's shit like this. Yeah, this humor is too smart for most people, but I'm smart like it, so I understand it. Renegade Cut, one of my favorite YouTubers, did a really cool video about um, Rick and like the concept of like the way the fandom interfaces with the Rick Sanchez character. It's a very good watch. I think you'd like it. I probably would. Uh, Walters is in a uh, details regarding the new She-Hulk series have been in short supply since it was first announced at D23 in August. The comic created by the late great Stan Lee and artist uh, Steve Buscema made its debut in 1980 on the cover of uh, Savage She-Hulk number one. It tells the story of Bruce Banner's cousin Jessica Walters who becomes a milder version of the Incredible Hulk after Banner gives her a blood transfusion. Walters is an attorney who uses her superpowers to fight crime, eventually joining the Fantastic Four. She later transforms permanently into the She-Hulk and joins the Avengers down the line. It's no surprise that Marvel's Kevin Feige teased that She-Hulk had a bright future ahead. You will meet her in the Disney Plus series and then you will... What? I ever saw this quote. You will meet her in the, in the Disney Plus series and you'll see her in our films, he announced. It is incredibly exciting for us. Holy shit, how did I miss that? You'll see, wait, you'll see her in her films? Or in films? Because I've seen that they are going to be in MCU films. Like that's part of our one. You will meet fight. her in her Dis in her Disney Plus series, and then you will see her in our films. Yeah, I didn't know she was going to be in a fucking movie. I completely missed that. Yeah, that's isn't that part of the Feige thing for later? I mean, he he referenced the whole like it's important to watch it. I, yeah, because a these, lot of these stories, I'm at the point where like I'll see who's reporting, and I want like I like to experience the news firsthand, <laughs> IRL, as we're yeah. talking about it and kind of work well, through it. Spoilers for later. He specifically says they will be in films. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. They will be in films. It, it, She-Hulk yeah. is the one that surprises me. Oh, okay. 
like I, I mean, cool. Like I'm, I'm not, yeah. you know, the hell that means we can see fucking Moon Knight on the big screen, shit like that. You want to morph this into one story real quick? Just be like, Kevin Feige said. Oh, if we do that, we might as well dub down to the other MCU story. Ah, we'll leave it interlaced. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't realize how connected those were going to be. More on that later. But yeah, um, writer for She-Hulk is cool. All of her stuff is comedies, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, here's my thing that I like. The the thing that all the comedies have in common is that they are comedies where the people talking have to talk very specifically and very well learned about specific things. Silicon Valley, you have all of these people who are talking really, really in-depth about tech. Rick and Morty is like your sci-fi adventure, whatever. Even though everything they're saying is bullshit, it has to sound it, right. it has to sound like you have to give like Yeah, in the you same have to way give Rick that like the like the doctor syndrome where he's just saying bullshit so fast and so that, eloquently. That you, that you lose it. Same with like on Flash. Yeah. Yeah. Where like I, I like I like that lineup or that that uh that repertoire that she has that like You'll get the legalese coming at you super fast. Which I like, love. I love Which is also – wait. Oh, my god. Still, I know like everybody's hoping that what will happen is that the Netflix deal with Marvel will run up and then hopefully, if God wills it – Defenders will – Defenders will migrate to Disney Plus, hopefully. But it's R-rated content. Technically, it's TVMA-rated content, but, like, it falls under that jurisdiction. Yeah, but there's no saying that you can't address the past and reboot. Like, keep the cast and then run a new show. Yeah, or maybe even do I, that. I still do, do a number of things. I want to see I want to see Matt Murdock v. Oh, She-Hulk yeah. in the courtroom. Me like, too. I really, really, really... Me too. Like, love that idea of seeing um, them go head-to-head. In that context, like I just, I, it, it's always entertained me. I love She Hulk. She's just one of the. She's one of those cool characters. She Hulk is one of those things. She Hulk is a type of character in Marvel that I love. That like you can occasionally forget she exists, and then you remember she exists, and then like it hits you again just how expansive comic book universes are. Yeah, that like it just goes so wide and so deep, and there's so much to keep track of. Um, but yeah, very excited for this. I love the sound of that team and sounds like a solid writer's room joker again <laughs> the sequel um that, that that doesn't mean there's going to be another movie because there isn't they've said there isn't stop saying there will be uh box office joker becomes the most profitable comic book movie ever so Preemptively, congratulations to Joker for hitting a billion because uh, it'll, it'll happen by the time this show comes out. Probably, it's teetering around nine fifty five, I think, in its total. That's worldwide. Um, and it is now. I'm sure it crossed the threshold a while ago, but it is like it has made the most money compared to its budget of any comic book movie ever. So not yeah. that it's outgrossed like Endgame, right? But they Endgame spent the least amount of money, money and made the most back. <laughs> yeah. So like for some comparisons, uh, 
it's around 955, 957 to a $62.5 million budget versus the previous title holder, The Mask, starring Jim Carrey. Underrated. I don't know about that. Underrated. People don't talk about it. It isn't anywhere and don't like rarely ever talk about it. But when you bring up the mask sequel, everyone goes, fuck that. The one with Jim Carrey. I love Son of the Mask. Son of the Mask is one of those like amazing, like a repressed memory movies. Oh, yeah. Like fucking, you ready to like have your brain who's out of your head? Go for it. He stole my dream journal. Oh, we talked about this last week. We talked. We talked about it like on the air. Yeah, that that's how much the concept of Shark Boy and Lava Girl has been haunting me. Yeah, like there's a part of me that wants to go dig the DVD out and watch it tonight, <laughs> but I have a Spider-Man cartoon to watch from my childhood first. That's true. You do. Um, but the mask made three three hundred and fifty one million with a twenty three million dollar budget. That movie came out in, wait, wait, wait a minute. The Mask came out in 1994? Yeah. Fuck, it's old. It's older than us, Jerry. I know. We're young boys. Um, notable examples, uh, Venom eight, made $854 million with a 90... <laughs> I know, with a $90 million budget. Um, Batman, presumably the Tim Burton Batman. Yeah. Made four hundred eleven million on a thirty-five million dollar budget. Deadpool made seven eighty-three. Oh, Deadpool's definitely on that list because they gave them a shoestring. Yeah, seven eighty-three uh, for gross versus fifty-eight million dollar budget. Um, that's like the the notable ones. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is up there too. But th- like Joker just blew them all out of the water. Yeah, and I saw another one that was like. It could break a record by not making a sequel or something. It, it was a really weird headline, but I was like, everyone needs to stop reporting about the fact that there won't be a Joker sequel. Because like, like whether or not there will be, because there won't be. I, I firmly, I'm going to die on this hill. There will not be a Joker sequel. Here's my thing with that. I am not expecting a Joker sequel. However, I want to know exactly, like, to the penny, how much money they threw at Joaquin Phoenix to do a second one. Because he infamously does not do multi-pictures. Yeah. And, like... Like, how much they're willing to... Like, what check are they willing to write? Like, like, at what point does Joaquin Phoenix say, okay, sure. Like, how much of the... How much of the profit... That this movie made, will it take for Joaquin Phoenix to come back? Like, do you throw the whole billion at him? Is Joaquin Phoenix the first actor to make a billion dollars off a movie? You know, some stupid shit like that. Imagine the taxes you have to file on that bad boy. Probably none. And that's the problem. Uh, Donate a couple bucks to charity. You'll You'll be fine. And have that charity buy a portrait of you. And then hang it at your uh, your golf club. <laughs> Comic books have never been political. Um, never. That's why there's never been a real U.S. president in one, right? Yeah. <laughs> Did you – you're not in the fucking comic book cast uh, private Facebook group. Did I send that meme I found? Which one? In there. It was like 
Oh, hold on. I got to pull it up. Keep vamping about Joker. All right. Um, Joker was okay. It was an okay movie. <laughs> uh, I feel like most, like, just sidebar a little bit. I feel like a lot of, like, not film snobs, but people that take film seriously or, like, us all gave it, like, mediocre scores. That Like, Zach who gave it a bad score. Yeah. Zach Palmer. But, like, the the general – I mean, obviously it's made so much money, but, like, the general audience fucking loved it. Right? <laughs> Which I find super interesting. I need you to read this out loud. Okay. You you didn't I didn't see this. I love comics. I just wish they weren't so political nowadays. Anyways, my favorite comics are X Men and Watchmen. <laughs> Not political at Not all. Not political at all. Um. Yeah. No. It's it's you know good for them. Like I said, Joker. I'm tired of talking about it. Like I, I want this to be the last time we talk about it. Which is why, um, again, preemptively, uh, congratulations un, on until a the end of the year when we do our big like comic book movies of 2019 ranked. Which spoiler, this movie is probably going to be right in the fucking middle. Probably, like this movie is almost certainly it's just going to be right there at the middle. Oh, I just, I just realized we could piss a lot of people off, and like depending on how you and Spencer react to Shazam, yeah, it could be, end up the Joker only beats Dark Phoenix depending on how we all average out with it. Which, speaking of which, I talk a lot of mad shit about Dark Phoenix because I really dislike that movie a lot. Yeah, Cinema Wins did a really nice video about Dark Phoenix, pointing out all the good that Dark Phoenix has to offer. And as somebody who very, very truly loves the Cinema Wins video for Batman v Superman, because I'm aware of the fact that BVS is not great. Mm. However, there are some golden nuggets in that movie that are mm. really good. There are some parts of that movie that are really good. And Cinema Wins does a great job of being like, okay, it's not great, but watch his video. You'll see. You'll I still, I still have not seen, and we keep talking about this. I haven't seen like the the big long cut, the big boy cut. If you didn't like it that much to begin with, you don't need to watch the ultimate cut. <laughs> if enough. you like, if you like the, Batman v Superman, you probably fucking love the ultimate cut. My my biggest, I know that one of my biggest issues with the movie gets solved in the ultimate cut, which is. They don't – so in the original, I remember like specifically mid-film thinking this. How did anyone believe that Superman just shot a bunch of people? Oh, yeah. They and showed not, it like it was like a bunch of bodies burnt and shit. Yeah, like, like a like missile it, A missile hits it. Yeah. But it looks like all the bodies are burned. It could have been his heat vision. But in the, in the original – There's enough destruction that it looks like he was just him throwing punches and shooting people with his eyes. No, like it – well, because like it's clearly bullet wounds. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that like the the destruction that you see in the ultimate cut is is that people it, got, it, it feasibly could have been Superman that did something, not just a bunch of gunshot wounds. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I know that. And that's like on on my list of problems, like for an inciting incident to be that fucking stupid. But the ultimate cut fixes that. Yeah. So that leaves the list. And now uh, Batman killing people is still at the top. <laughs> Yeah, they they don't they don't unkill that guy who gets shredded with a fucking machine gun. 
No, they don't. I need you to unkill me, yeah. Bruce. <laughs> uh, this is how Jason Todd be like. <laughs> Oof. Um. So I'm up. I just realized. Yeah. Kevin Feige talking again. This is hot the- take from Levi. Not a fan of where the Mandalorian is going. Ooh, hot take from Levi. Hot take indeed. I actually ran into him and I was like, yeah, dude, The Mandalorian, top shit. It's good. What'd he say? He was like, he hadn't watched it yet. Ooh. I didn't tell him anything about it. I was just like, oh, yeah. I watched it and it's really good. So, story I didn't realize tied into everything else we were talking about. Because uh, <laughs> I'm not good at my job. Kevin Feige confirms you'll need to watch Disney Plus Marvel's Marvel shows to keep up with the movie MCU. And to me, that read when Falcon shows up in a new outfit and Bucky has a haircut in a new jacket. You need to watch the show to understand how they ended up like that. No, sir. They're like, oh, hey, this character lost an eye. This is, you know, Disney Plus is on the verge of its initial launch. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lie. It's here. Uh, which will be next week on Tuesday, November 12th. Obviously, this was written uh, before it launched. Well, the highest profile launch with the service will be The Mandalorian, set in the Star Wars universe. Marvel offerings are more or less missing for the time being. In addition to not having anywhere near the full slate of MCU movies due to ongoing rights issues, there are no high profile Marvel shows launching with the service on the 12th, which include. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier in late 2020, early 2021's WandaVision, Loki in early 2021, What If in mid-2021, and Hawkeye uh, late mid-2021, and Marvel's 6161 uh, in 2020. Also, Ms. Marvel, Moon Knight, and She-Hulk. With that said, in a recent interview with Bloomberg, uh, Marvel Chief Creative Officer Kevin Feige has made it clear that if you want to keep up with the ongoing slate of the MCU... Uh, you will need to indeed keep watching the shows on Disney+. Plus. This is Feige's quote. If you want to understand everything in the future Marvel movies, you'll probably need a Disney Plus subscription because events from the new shows will factor into forthcoming films such as Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Scarlet Witch will be a key character in that movie, and Feige points out that Loki series will tie in too. I'm not sure we've actually acknowledged that before. Interesting. What this reads to me is that we are not going to have the problems of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It talks about this later on in the article because I was reading it ahead of you. Uh, <laughs> with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like like it says in this article that we're reading from whatever – Forbes. Yeah. Um, initially, it's very clear that this is taking place in the same universe. And by the end of it, like it's just so off the rails comparatively that like you can't say these were in the same – these were happening in the same timeline. With the Netflix shows, there's enough references to the MCU, but again, to say that they never ran into anyone. They constantly reference New York, York. and the incident. Yeah. And there's like newspaper clippings about the Hulk and shit, and they yeah. talk about Iron Man Thor and like this that. is the second throwdown to happen in Harlem or whatever. Yeah. Right? Or there's that one line where they're I can't remember whose show it was in, but it was like, yeah, he doesn't have a fancy suit or a magic hammer. Yeah. Something like that. I think that was in – I think Daredevil. I want to say Daredevil too, yeah. But like 
No, it might have been Jessica Jones. I don't remember. It's been a while. Those shows are good. You should go watch them. But I think Disney, like, probably somewhere in the time those shows were happening, started conceiving Disney+. Plus. And maybe in that time started conceiving that they wanted to make sure that the content that was going into their Marvel movies that are mostly meant for kids, not mostly meant for kids, but, like, a younger audience. Yeah. Like, your parent, like, most, yeah. like, your your primary audience has to have their parent drive them to the theater. Yeah. You know. That's fair. Um, That, quote, unquote, necessary watching for those movies wasn't going to be R-rated. You know? Yeah. And so maybe at a point where they were writing these shows, they decided to divorce them from the – and again, we don't know. Like like you said earlier, they might just – once the rights with Netflix run out, ship them over to Disney Plus or to keep that cast and reboot the shows in a new way. Yeah. Which I'm all down for because like – Charlie Cox is, was born to play Daredevil. Was, was Charlie Cox in The Mandalorian? Not to my knowledge. Okay. Uh, well, this is talk for the Star Wars show, but I like I I thought I saw him in the show, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And then I wasn't sure, and I never actually looked it up. But uh, yeah, so this is just their way of acknowledging that like these characters, like this these shows, including things like Moon Knight, characters that are getting their debut in the television shows, are going to be important in the MCU. Whereas before things like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it was assumed and never said. And then that gave them the leeway to be like, yeah, just kidding. This is going to be our Inhuman show. <laughs> so we don't have to make a movie. When Inhuman shit the bad. Yeah. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. started out super connected, though. Exactly. Like season one, like the big crux of season one was the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And Winter Soldier. And then like there was an episode that ended – with the helicarrier showing up in Age of Ultron. Yeah. But, yeah. I watched the pilot of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm behind on the last couple seasons. That's another one that I'm just waiting to wrap up so I can blast through it. Uh, But, yeah. Because, I mean, I I bought the year. I just went all in on Disney Plus because... Oh, damn. Yeah. It's cheaper that way. I did the same thing with DC. They barely, they didn't even give me the choice with DC. It was just like, here's the thing you're going to have, and here's your your two-week free trial. Have fun. And I was like, okay, guess I have this now. Yeah. And then I meant to cancel it before it charged me, and then I didn't. And then I started coming on a comic book podcast. So it all worked <laughs> I out. I made it worth it. Hey, look, Ma, I made it. I was not on the topic of Disney Plus real quick did you see the way that like the I mean you saw in the group chat but the McClunky thing I've, that is so fucking funny I have man. no idea what that is so this is probably going to be a whole story on Dewback so I'm just going to say it and we can leave it here because it's funny as shit okay they edited the Han and Greedo scene oh, yeah, in New okay. Hope again yeah I saw that but what is so Greedo's like hand with the blaster on the table. Han's leaning back, you know. Uh you know. They added a they added a word yeah, in, it's, right? Yeah. Han, you know, over my dead body. That's the plan. I've been looking forward to this for a very long time. I bet you have. And then Greedo, like in the like normally goes, I'm Boscott. 
And then like, no, he says, and boss God, Han says, you know, I bet you have. And then it comes back to Greer. He really loudly goes, Macronky! And then, bow! <laughs> I had seen... I don't know why McClunky is the funniest fucking thing ever, but it is. I saw the side-by-sides, but I didn't have the volume on. McClunky is so funny, and I don't know why. I, I, I Tonight, I'm watching A New Hope on Disney+. Plus. Just... Cause I want to, I want to see if they they kept the screeching. <laughs> I want to see if they kept Obi Wan screeching, and like if a New Hope is now screeching followed up by McClunky twenty minutes later. <laughs> a New Hope may be my new favorite Star Wars movie. <laughs> and if you want to hear what we're talking about by screeching, listen to the A New Hope commentary. Because they may or may not have unmuted the TV when it happened. God damn you. All right. So moving back on, moving the wheels back onto the track of this bad boy. Yeah. Okay, 36. That's not. That's not terrible at all. We say that now. Marvel debuts new concept. (laughs) We did that yesterday before talking about fucking Doomcock. Marvel debuts new concept for art for Hawkeye, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and more. Um, we got new outfits for um, new outfits for Sam and Bucky. Bucky looks sleek as hell. Look, I was already I already have been told and know that I have to cosplay the Winter Soldier at some point. That's the look I want to do, Bruh, He looks so good. I didn't see it till like I walked in the door when yeah. I got here, Bruh. <laughs> he looks so slow. He looks so That white good. star on his arm just completely sells it. Chef's I like Sam's look, right? He's got the, like, fully buzzed head. I have opinions on the matter. Yeah? I don't, I, I don't hate it. It's not my favorite look for him. I love the look. Okay. I think it might oh, be my oh. favorite. I think it might be my favorite Falcon, Falcon outfit. I know. Okay, now I know what your opinions are. But he's Captain America now. <laughs> he's. It should be Spangly. He should look like U.S. Agent. Not. Yeah. I, I don't know what this shit is. Like I don't know. And again, we talked before about what could be done with Falcon moving forward. With, you know. Yeah. Exactly. And like maybe that's part of it. Maybe, maybe it's like part maybe of his character arc is accepting the shield. That's what I was going to say. Maybe that's it. And maybe the the last episode he has like the badass blue. red, white, and blue wingsuit. Yeah. Yeah. At oh, which I point I'll it. start screaming. I want it. But like again, this is my favorite Falcon costume so far. It looks really sleek. Yeah. It's red and white. I don't know. That's like, what makes me happy. Yeah. Like it's red and white. Uh, the Hawkeye art is cute. No new looks for anyone, um, except like we we get concept art of Kate Bishop, which yeah. is cool. Um, but it looks like Jeremy Renner, so nothing new there. Yeah, we also got a bunch of like little gifs and clips of Marvel's What If. I'm trying to get to that one here, such as Captain Carter. Un un. Uh, Super Serum oh my Steve God. as Iron Man. We have uh, T'Challa as Star-Lord. How do you get to the other one? All I'm seeing is the Captain Carter one. If you click on the tweet, it's in the replies. Okay. 
Like actually go like follow that to Twitter. And then all the replies are like T'Challa as Star Lord, Steve as Iron Man. We got um Winter Soldier going against Zombie Cap because they're doing a zombie episode. Um and then like a clip of the watcher. Which like I wasn't like the idea of the show intrigued me. Now seeing some of this, I'm so excited. Yeah. For what if. It looks so good. Uh Captain Carter, that this is so bitchin'. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Like I said, I really want I my thing is I want to see Sam in the red, white, and blue wingsuit. Yeah. And As do I. I I really badly want that. And for I'm, a number of reasons. Yeah. But. I'm also interested in, you know, Bucky's look moving forward. Uh, you know, like, okay, I guess he's going to keep the Winter Soldier name. But, you know, he has a brand new look. Uh, U.S. agent being there really makes me think that there's a new version of S.H.I.E.L.D. that's involved. I could see it. Like, I think we're dealing with S.H.I.E.L.D. or maybe even S.W.O.R.D. Sword. Yeah. Because did we talk about the? Did I talk about this with you, A, and B, on the show that, like, Nick Fury is probably starting S.W.O.R.D. out in space? We probably talked about it for the Far From Home that's, review. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That it's pretty – yeah. Like, it, it might be S.W.O.R.D. or they might, they might, like, be establishing S.W.O.R.D. but, like, trying to restart S.H.I.E.L.D. at home, you know. So – Lots of, lots of stuff that could be going on there that, like, makes a character like U.S. Agents being present make sense. Yeah. Uh, quickie Spider-Man news. Quickie-ish. It's not that, like... I don't know that it's necessarily a, a big chunk news. Especially with what comes immediately after it. Not big chunk, but the implications that it has, I want to talk about. Okay, but just know we're at 40 minutes. And I got TV to talk about. I know you do. I'm also trying to buy Spencer time. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> filling time, filling time. Uh, Japanese Spider-Man to appear in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse sequel. Last year, fans were wild when Miles Morales made the jump from the comics to the big screen in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse as it brought a slew of new heroes into the theaters in a film which may, which some may call the, the best Spider-Man... Oh, Spencer's hopping on right now. Oh, wait, we'll give him a second then. Yeah. Um. Oh, shit, is it that boy? It's that boy. It's that boy! <laughs> oh, shit, it's that boy. <laughs> Hey guys, what's up? Sorry I'm late. Yeah, you're good. How'd your oh. dance go? Um, yeah, so did you already explain what's going on? I didn't in detail because I figured you could tell it. Alright, just real quick slice of life. <laughs> My next door roommate, like the guy who lives next door to me on the hall here at school, is a choreographer for this big like dance show in the fall called Orcasis here at Grove City. And he choreographed a dance number for seven guys that was like Cub Scout themed. And one of his dancers broke his foot playing I Am Football last week. And he was like scrambling to find a replacement. Finally, he knocks on my door. He's like, hey, I know you hate dancing, but you're a theater person and I know you can do it. 
can you please do my dance? And I reluctantly agreed as a favor to him. I don't ever plan to do orchestras again, even after this experience and after the mild amount of fun that I've had, but I did it as a favor to him. And so along with that comes two nightly dress rehearsals until opening night on Thursday. So that's where I've been. And I've got to go to another one at 10 o'clock. So we've got, we've got an hour before I have to leave. Hopefully we finish the show before then. So, all right, Spencer lightning round. You ready? Sure. Okay. She Hulk's head writer is going to be a Rick and Morty and Silicon Valley alum. How do you feel? Um, mildly disturbed. I, um, <laughs> it was like somebody, That's it was the, actually Ryan Spencer, who was like, thing. yo, you'd love Rick and Morty. So I watched the first episode. I was like, um, I'm not sure if I like this. I'll, I'll give it another go. So I watched the second episode. Uh, still not sure if I like it, but we'll try again. Finished season one, finished season two, finished season three. And I still couldn't decide if I liked it or not. Okay. L- allow this to be a, uh, big piece of context she was okay. that pickle rick was her episode really yes and then i said yeah, okay I, yeah so pickle like, rick's the bomb so the, the, me personally just real quick i said i like it because she has between silicon valley and rick and morty she has to write smart people who talk very well about smart things and i think that yeah. lends well to her being able to write for a lawyer fair that's fair Joker is the most profitable comic book movie of all time. Really? Like yes. compared to its budget. Like it's made the most money uh, in ratio to its budget. And okay. It will, and we kind of like – so we don't have to talk about it again. It's probably going to cross a billion by the end of the week. Are we, oh, I see here. 955. Is that what we're looking at? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Compared to a $62 million budget, that's insane. That is pretty crazy. Someone's pockets are very lined right now. Kevin Feige His says that filthy, Dis- arrogant pockets. <laughs> anyway, Kevin Feige says that Disney Plus shows are required watching for the MCU, meaning that those characters that are being like debuted in the shows will be in films, right. i.e., She Hulk. Right. Gotcha. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and the other Disney Plus shows have really cool concept art. I'm actually going to peek at that while you keep talking. Yeah, it looks pretty. That's that story that it has Ooh, really bitchy concept art. Yeah. Uh, and How then, do you feel about Falcon not having a Captain America suit yet? Um, I think the smoother the transition, the less whiplash we're going to get. Ooh, Fair interesting. Enough. Really digging Bucky's new look. U.S. Agent um, looks great. Last story I that oh, I'm also digging the new look. Uh, last thing that isn't comics related, but I want to know because I don't get to talk to you much right now, Spencer. Yeah. Um, non-spoiler, non-in-depth like, thoughts on The Mandalorian. Um, so, fun facts. You haven't seen it because yet, have of, you? Because of the dancing, I only <laughs> got through half of the first episode. Okay. Um, but the plan is after the craziness that is tonight is said and done, me and my roommates are going to sit down and watch the whole thing. Um, but based on the first half and, and again, I have to keep my thoughts non-spoiler cause one of my roommates is here with me. So, um, non-spoiler thoughts. Um, I think first of all, the aesthetic of the set and the costuming, I think in terms of what we've seen before is most akin to solo. Um, yes. Just yeah. like the way, the way everything looks, it's very solo esque and that's not a problem with me um the my only thing 
with that I, I was talking about earlier is that I thought Solo in general um, looked a little bit too clean. I don't know how or, or why, but like it, it was just like a little bit too. I understand I mean, what you the mean. Costumes like in the cantina were too shiny. You know, the the outfits were a little too laundered. You know, I if we're out in like the rough and tough desert, watch like a fifties western sometime, and you will never see a clean dressed gunslinger unless he's the sheriff of like a really swanky town. And I just thought there were a little too many clean looking people in Solo, so that rolls over to the Mandalorian. However, <clears throat> sorry. As a fan of Mandalorians in general, um, I am really leaning into this idea. Um, I don't think this is a huge spoiler because it happens in like the first five minutes of the show, but I kind of like the idea that he isn't finished putting his suit together yet and he has to assemble it piece by piece. I yeah. think that's yeah. cool um, as he gets the material. Anyway, that's all. Nice. All right. You, you literally hopped on right as we were about to dive into our next story, so – which one? The uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man? Yeah. Oh, did I just spoil it? No, I, I mean, we... I said the t- the headline. We we started it, oh, okay. and then you, you texted Stubby and was like, oh, hey, I'm uh, about to be it's on. It's time. So we, we vamped for like 30 seconds. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, uh, like we said, uh, sequel's on the way. Uh, Phil Lord did not leave enough. Uh, Phil Lord could not leave enough alone there. Uh, taking to Twitter, the writer hit up fans to confirm a beloved version of Spider-Man will appear in the sequel. As you can see below in this comicbook.com article, uh, Lord dug up a tweet sent from a fan. The person tagged Lord asking if the Japanese Spider-Man will be written into the film. And they even offered to design the hero for the sequel. However, Lord let the fan and the world know the hero will, design, will join the sequel and has already been designed. For those unaware of this version of the hero, Japan made its own version of Spider-Man back in the 70s. The creation came after Toei Animation got a license for Spider-Man, which allowed the company to make its own hero. Despite looking like the Marvel hero, Toei Spider-Man totally removed itself from the superhero origin story. Peter Parker was re- was replaced with a Japanese hero who was the pilot of a giant mech and fought giant monster aliens. Now you're speaking my language. Of course, a hero like this is too good to pass over for a Spider-Verse sequel. When the first film was announced years ago, fans petitioned for Japanese Spider-Man to take part in the film. Sadly, the hero did not make the cut, but it seems Lord is ready to atone for this blip. And if fans have their way, Japanese Spider-Man will hit up the big screen with the giant mech leopard on, which is the name of it, uh, in tow when the sequel debuts in uh, April of 2022. Thoughts, Spencer? Because I know Travis is going to gush all over uh, Spider-Gundam. I, I know he is. My thought is um, I'm, I'm excited, especially because if you're going to have a second into the Spider-Verse movie, you like the possibilities for appearances are endless. And it was really great to see some of those um, less well-known versions of Spider-Man on screen, especially um, Noir, um, who I like because I like old-fashioned movies and he's like a living, breathing Spider-Man old-fashioned movie. Um, I think that while this is good news, it um, doesn't seem like entirely fresh news because what was the name of the, the girl they had in the first uh, one? Penny. Penny Parker. Penny Parker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she had like a, 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 a robot. Mech of sorts. It was a robot. Yeah. So 
So is this like a suit? Like he hops into the suit instead of Spencer? It's like it? a it's like a fucking Zord from Power Rangers. Yeah, like oh. <laughs> it's it's not her hopping into like a Hulk Buster, like oh. the things the size of a goddamn skyscraper. <laughs> you know what Gundam is, right? Yes, it's a Gundam. Like he's literally in a Gundam. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> I would say I would say more maybe Gundam might, might not be quite like, to scale. It, it's a Zord. It's a Zord. Um neither of you know what Evangelion is, but No. I know memes about the music. Get in the mech, Shinji. Um so uh yeah. yeah so wow. you sang yeah. that song? I recognize that song from TikTok. <laughs> I uh I, reg- I take back everything I said. About familiar territory. <laughs> um. <laughs> Welcome to my world, Spencer. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what the funny thing is, man? I love Gundam and everything about the look. Yeah. I know none of the fucking lore. I watched Gundam so much as a kid, and I know nothing because it's a it's a political drama. Wow. Yeah, I knew that. But, yeah. Like, I, it's like a super deep show, but yeah, it's a lot of background lore. But anyway, how do you feel about this, Travis? Oh my god, I fucking. I, I, I. Obviously, they're going to ramp up. They're going to have more Spider People. Yeah, and I, I don't know if Japanese Spider Man's going to be in like the main lineup, but he'll be there. And the fact that I'm going to get to see Spider Gundam <laughs> is going to be the fact that like there's going to be. He's going to be. I've, my I've favorite. had this. I've had this conversation with Spencer a thousand times. I probably brought it up on here. That one of the things that make me happy about the existence of the MCU is seeing like seven, eight-year-old kids who know who the fuck Doctor Strange and Ant-Man are. Yeah. And here, that there's here. little kids who are like, I want to be Black Panther for Halloween. We've taken this one step further. And now there's going to be eight-year-old kids who are like, I want to be Leopardon for Halloween. <laughs> That's fucking uh. absurd. Um, the thing that really excites me about this is, is twofold. Yeah. One, from the jump, they're not playing it safe with the sequel. No, not at all. Like, they picked a really tame lineup. I agree. For, for the first one. Because I think, like, even even the people that went, Peter Porker, no, like, Spider-Ham has been a thing for a while, and people, like, yeah. have some recognition of who that is. Because well, the thing is, is, like, they, they, they made a really smart call. With how they did that, where you have noir who people are familiar with from from video games, yeah, because he was in Spider-Man: Shattered Dimensions, Dimensions, and then ever since then he's always been a playable skin, right? So noir has a little bit of name cachet. Gwen blew up because her design and comic were so fucking cool that like, like she she blew up and like people were like passingly familiar with the idea of Spider Gwen. Peter, the best Peter Parker ever written. Like I, like I said before, I love my stories where you see the hero have their arc kind of used against them. Uh, so obviously, Peter is the most famous Spider-Man. The big swing was Penny Parker, in yeah. my opinion, because like Spider-Ham has been a meme for so long, and, and is like, and Penny Parker is also the one that I think people liked the least. I wouldn't say liked the least because that implies that she was disliked. But, you know, like, I don't know anybody who pe- who says that their favorite spider person in that movie is Penny Parker. I know people that say, yeah. like, go out of their way to say she's their least favorite. 
That's fair. And again, uh, yeah, Gwen it's just, Warren, it's new Hammond territory, I think, Parker. for a lot of Spider-Man fans. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think Peter B. Parker, it's, it's Noir, a, it's Gwen. It's a mix of the tropes that she has in that movie are, like, very old-school Japanese yeah. anime stuff. And so a lot of people were like, I'm burnt out on that kind of shit. A lot, a lot of the and other then, ones steal the show so often. Yeah. Though. Like, Gwen's design is too striking to not notice her. You have the comedic genius that is John Mulaney voicing fucking Spider-Ham. So that, like, anytime he opens his you mouth... You a problem with cartoons? Yeah, like, anytime he opens his mouth, like, he immediately steals oh. the show. Nick Cage is Spider-Man noir. Just, is this purple? Like, <laughs> like, he, like, they just steal the show so much. And obviously, Peter is just so deliciously painful to watch. But I like that they're getting weird. And this continues to give me hope for Superior Spider-Man. Like, if we're going to be like Spider Gundam, okay, cool. Spider-Man has a fucking Megazord. Also, what if Dr. Octopus was Spider-Man? <laughs> um, I think the next big one you get, like, the next two that are the immediate includes are Ben Riley and Superior Spider-Man. Like, those are the next two that those like, are people... The, those are the next layups at this point. Like, if we're going to lean into to the Japanese one with Leopardon and everything... I think it's a safe bet to say that Ben Riley and Otto were on the way. Yeah. The other, the other, like I said, it was twofold for me. The other reason this excites me is because, I mean, obviously, like twenty ninety nine is coming. Also, I found out this week. Did you guys realize that Oscar Isaac voiced twenty ninety nine? You're fucking kidding me. No. That like thirty seconds that Spider Man that Miguel O'Hara is on screen in in, in the, the first one is fucking Poe Dameron. That's really? a certified bra moment, my Dude, friend. Dude, I am so happy with that. <laughs> did you just – first of all, did you just call Into the Spider-Verse 1 into the first one? No. <laughs> <laughs> I went to say in the first one and in Into the Spider-Verse and I turned it into Into I the First like One. <laughs> I like it. Whatever we inevitably – Into the first one and Into the second one. <laughs> That better be the subtitle. It's Into the Spider-Verse, Into the Second One. <laughs> That's how we're going to refer to it on the air from now on. Okay. Um, But, like, obviously 2099 has to be in it because he's, he's at the end of whatever. Ha, uh, in the Spider-Verse comic, which, Spencer, I don't know if you listened to any of the episodes that you missed yet or not. Um, I was talking a lot about how I really want them to really swing for the fences and directly adapt the Into the Spider-Verse story from the comics. Ooh. with the super weird pan-dimensional vampire right. family and everything and like the japanese spider-man played a decent role in the comics right and like leopardon was used in a battle so just uh, having the japanese spider-man means that they're not, willing to take some scary leaps him being there and like the, the story the idea like the just the fact that he's there now again Everybody likes to do the X character is brought into X franchise, which inevitably means that this iconic thing from the comics has to happen. I hate when people yeah. do that. You know, A does not necessarily equal B, but it's an indication. It's an indication of things that we could get. And it excites Indeed. me very much. Indeed. And I really, really, really do hope that this means that they are going to go in that really weird route. Because they keep what 2099 is worried about vague. Yeah. 
And whether or not that's because they wanted to figure out what they wanted to do or because they just wanted to like keep us as in the dark as possible. Or both. Or both. But if we're going to do weird Spider-Man with a Zord, with his, with you know, Spider-Gundam. Super Sentai, baby! I think it would be a logic, like, again, it, 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 kind of how we joke on Dubek, like anything with The Rise of Skywalker, I have to find a way to make it about what could happen with Kylo Ren. Yeah. Everything within the Spider-Verse is going to be, how close are we to them saying that Superior Spider-Man is going to be in it? Like that's all I care ah, about is auto. Yes. More, more drink every time Jared says memes. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime I my reference favorite. Otto Octavius, um, my favorite. Um, I just yeah, uh, it's very exciting stuff. Um, I'm looking forward to casting as well. Yes, because they hit it out of the park with Into the Spider Verse, and they hit it out of the park at the Into the First One. Into the First One. <laughs> so I'm really interested in who all they're going to be calling in for this. Uh, I'm assuming Oscar Isaac will reprise his role as a uh, yeah Miguel, but yeah. Moving right along, uh, since we have three castings here, <laughs> two of which are rumors. Well, which ones are you referring to as rumors? Uh, Andy Serkis and Colin Farrell. In the talk, they are both under the guise in the talks to play. In they're. Which is there, it's one of the situations where like the amount of like really big trades that reported it. Jonah Hill. Yeah, but they said the talks broke down. That he was there. Like the story with them was like, he's gone now. I know. I'm saying that like that. that yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Like so nothing I, is con- like this is not Andy Serkis and Colin Farrell confirmed for these roles. It's we're on the doorstep of it happening. Yeah. Um, right. Spencer's gonna want Andy Serkis because that's his boy. Yes, he of is. Course. Who do you want, Travis? Do you want, do you want take, Jamie or Colin Farrell? I'm going to be talking a lot in a little bit, so I'll take uh, Jamie Lawson. Okay, cool. You can right lead there. it off. Okay, so... It's loading. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't let me into this one. There we go. Oh. No! No! Aha! The Batman just added an intriguing new character. This morning, news broke that newcomer Jamie Lawson was joining the cast of Matt Reeves' The Batman. Who was she playing, though? No one knew. Oh, now we do. <laughs> Ta-da! We, we talked about this, and we didn't know who she was playing. So, um, As learned, Lawson is playing a character named Bella, a grassroots political candidate running for office in Gotham. Now, how I, how know that? Do we know that? Like, who's like, do we know for certain? This is the link you had. Oh, that's like how it reads. Is oh, now we know. Yeah, yeah. It seems pretty. Oh, definitive. okay. I no one knew. Now we know. Io Nine has learned. Lawson is playing okay. the character. I learned that Io Nine was the first one to break it. I wasn't sure. Like, what the? Okay. And so, this is a completely original character then. I think from what I potentially I skimmed through it. I'm pretty sure that the character they're referencing is from the like we are Robin story. Like this character has very little. And it could also be a character. It could be a character we've seen before with a changed name. Like like Riddler's name is an Edward Nigma. It's it's a different end name. It's Edward something else. Yeah. That it like he's probably going to. 
Because, like, we're sorry that every villain in comics ever has a name that associates with their villain name. <laughs> but, like, Otto, you know, Otto Octavius. Yeah. Ock. <laughs> um, fucking, you know, Freeze, uh, Edward Nigma, right? Victor Von Doom. Victor Von Doom. Um, surprisingly not Harvey Dent. No. Yeah. Unless you count how dented his face got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was really so interesting stuff. I, we kind of had our talk of like. I as, saw the casting and said exactly what it says there that everyone went, oh, black woman was cast. Jim Gordon's black. Uh, maybe it's Batgirl. But, yeah. Um, well, maybe not even Batgirl, but just. We, Barbara. Yeah. A version of Barbara. Yeah. Which would have been. I almost said Bella by accident. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is still cool. Yeah. So, so politics is a thing. Yeah. I mean. Which is interesting. Like, I'm down. But that's interesting. I know. I, Me personally, I'm not expecting this movie to get super, like, political insofar as, like, an in-universe I- political campaign beyond, like, Literally every public official in Gotham is corrupt as shit. Which is the usual. Yeah. Like with, maybe with the exception she, of Jim Gordon, every you cannot trust a single yeah. elected official in Gotham. And maybe she's like the one good person running for office. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like she's at that position. Yeah. So. Something like that. Or like like it said, I think it didn't say something about a reporter as well. Or that she is a reporter. Did I hear you right? No, no. I didn't. I didn't. I knew nothing. She, about it. I just knew that she's this. A, she's. It says she's a political candidate. Oh, okay. I misread it then. I yeah. saw something about like a. Okay. So yeah, that's cool. I'm interested in it. You know, it's it'll probably have something to do with like Bruce trying to be figuring out what she's all about, and you know how she's going to affect his career as the Batman, the Batman, the Batman. Uh, Spencer, talk to us about Andy Circus with your pleasure. So from Deadline, Andy Circus eyes Alfred Pennyworth role in the Batman. Andy Serkis is in talks to play Bruce Wayne's butler Alfred Pennyworth in Warner Brothers' Matt Reeves reboot, The Batman. It would tap at re-team for the actor and director after their work together on Planet of the Apes. Uh, Deadline exclusively reported today that Colin Farrell is in discussions to play the Penguin role. Um, Spoilers. At Jared for the, ne- <laughs> the next article. Um, they would join Pattinson as Batman, Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon, uh, Paul Dana- Dano. Yep. One of those two. As the Riddler and Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Um, Circus it follows the footsteps of Michael Gogh. Um, Michael Caine and Jeremy Irons who have played Alfred in the DCU before. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Um, Circus is on deck to direct Sony's Venom 2. So um, me personally, I don't know why, but I cannot get enough of Andy Circus. I, he's just got a, a interesting vibe going on, and I dig it. So I think it's going to be a stretch for me to envision it, but I think once I see it, I'm going to see, oh, my gosh, this makes so much sense. Um, just because, like, typically with Andy Serkis, his characters are either, um, well, first of all, CGI – or second of all, complete nut jobs. Yeah. 
and for him to play like a sophisticated British butler who is the guy in the chair for Batman. Yeah. Um, it's as of right now, it's a stretch for me to envision. Um, and I've tried like every, I, I just can't see him standing up straight with white gloves on. I can only mm-hmm. see him hunched over in a loincloth saying my precious. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you or know, abusing our beautiful baby Ben Solo. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing it, but I think I'm going to have to see it to believe it. Not that I don't. Yeah. I, I have complete faith in him. And it's, hard in to, it's hard Matt to imagine. Reeves, yeah. But it's difficult to, to, to see ahead of time. Okay. Me personally yeah. with Andy Serkis, I, I like him a lot. Same with you, Spencer. I really do want to see another live action version of Rachel Ghoul because Ooh. I think as as much of a oh yeah of course it is like kind of easy answer as much as the Joker is my favorite Batman villain like not like because I just love seeing Batman get pushed that far it's also the reason why right. Rache is my second favorite yeah I want to see another it's a different Raish. kind of a push though exactly uh you get into the debate into the debate as to whether or not Rachel Ghoul is white or Middle Eastern. Yeah. And that like he's like interchangeably written as both in the comics and right. has been played by a couple white guys live action between Arrow and Batman Begins. Yeah. And if we were to do white Rachel Ghoul, I think Andy Serkis would be an amazing fucking choice. I can get behind that. Like I, I, I legit can see. Like it, it, I, like I feel it would be like talking about Andy Circus roles. I think it would kind of be a mix of Snoke and Caesar. Hmm. Where you kind of put those together and you get like how he would do Rachel Gull. Um, however, especially with how diverse this cast is, if they were going to do Rachel, it would probably be a Middle Eastern actor, um, as it should be, because again, like it makes more sense for him to be Middle Eastern because of the fucking name. Uh, and the idea that I know. If, and the idea Let's that, cast Ben Kingsley and give him a long scraggly beard and then have a complete bait and switch and it'll be like someone else entirely. That'd be funny. I feel then. like they've done that already, but I, I don't yeah. I uh, who, think of why. Who knows? Yeah, maybe in another movie about a billionaire superhero who has a really nice outfit. He, uh, he's here, <laughs> but he's not here. Bloody hell, bloody hell, bloody hell. You need that's the outro song is the Trevor Slattery remix. We will Spencer will send you a link. <laughs> I will do week. so immediately. Um But no, I would I would really like to see Raish, but I am I'm, I'm cool with Alfred. We'll see Alfred. I'm happy to see Andy Circus in anything. He's one of those actors that I'll take him in what I can get him in, but I never feel like Andy Circus gets used enough in whatever Agreed. he's in. That's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like and maybe it's because he's such a ham and he's so goddamn good that like you act you're actually getting the perfect amount of him and like half a second more would be too much. <clears throat> but like he just feels like that secret sauce that you need a couple extra helpings of. Um Yeah, super excited for that. Now I think this is the one that everybody's having the hardest time figuring out. Colin Farrell to play one Oswald Cobblepot. Uh, also from Deadline. Exclusive. Warner Brothers is negotiating with Colin Farrell to play the Penguin in the Matt Reeves-directed The Batman. If the deal closes, he will round out the trio of villains going against Robert Pattinson's Robert Pattinson's Caped Crusader with Paul Dano as the Riddler and Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. 
The Irish-born actor has turned in an array of performances in very different films that include Dumbo, Win, uh, Widows, Roman J. Israel, Esquire, The Lobster, and Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And has dialed up the intensity in a supervillain role before when he menaced Ben Affleck's Daredevil as Bullseye many years ago. Yeah. Bullseye. Oh my god, I just realized that his version of Bullseye is just Michael Doling. Have either of you seen the Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck? Not since I was a wee lad. <laughs> if you no. watch it, like he... That's Mike Doling. That's uh, terrifying. Wow. <laughs> uh, I thought he was one of a kind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it's as close to Mike Doling as you can get. Uh, and then it references that Penguin was also played by Danny DeVito at one point, terrifyingly. Uh, the way God intended. I was watching the SEN live show last week yeah and i i had a lot of mixed opinions about penguin i've been no it's been no secret here that like i've been saying like i want josh gad and nobody else uh mostly because he's just publicly campaigned for that role so hard but colin farrell to me screams this is an actor who came into that audition and like i i had this idea as well but christian harloff put it way more eloquently than i could that clearly Colin Farrell came into that audition with a vision. Hmm. And he must have knocked Matt Reeves off his feet because like Paul Dano is the Riddler. That's kind of a no shit casting. Yeah. Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman. That's a no shit casting. Like, in, like, like I see Paul Dano, I see somebody who can bring that kind of like very like menacingly intelligent kind of giddy with the funnies having being a villain. I, I said like when we talked about it that he like yeah. Jonah Hill has the acting chops. Not that he doesn't, but like yeah. Jonah Hill has the acting chops that like even though he doesn't look the part, I could see it versus yeah. like Paul Dano's like Paul Dano's you're, like you're going to have a way easier time disappearing into Edward Nigma. Um, Zoe Kravitz, again, you have a beautiful badass like that like that's a swing uh out of the park casting with that this like and again like let's not forget like what christian bale yeah does to his body like there's no saying that like they don't put there's no colin saying farrell that, in a fat suit that colin farrell's gonna yeah. cut part of his his shins out and shorten <laughs> himself you know commit I mean, to the role i don't necessarily need It'll the penguin be, to be a midget but, but like, it's part of his Napoleon complex. It'll be weird seeing him it be is normal part size. Of his, I, I don't. I don't want. I don't necessarily like how tall is. He's short. He's Colin, no, I mean Colin Farrell. Oh, Colin Farrell. I have no idea. I'll find out. I feel like taller than the Penguin. I mean, most people are <laughs> five ten. That's five, how. Oh, okay, so Colin Farrell's about my second. Height. Yeah, as I said, like for reference, I'm five seven and I'm taller than the Penguin. So yeah, like. So, how tall is Penguin, like, canonically? Spencer, you you did that one. Let Spencer do it. Take I turns, God this. Damn it. Can I Can I give a guess? Yeah. I'm going to say five feet. Like, no, five that, foot even? That's two, five two. I'm going to say five two. I'm going to say five five. Like, new 52, new 52 and on, I feel like five five is, like, a reasonable height for the Penguin. Okay. I feel like in it's... A mile, right, in what a, what a did a you mi- say, Travis? I said five foot two. Jared? Five foot five. The Travis Grossman on the money, five foot two, Damn. 175 pounds. 
He's a big boy. Yeah. Most impressive. Oh. And again, like you can you can shorten him up. Like you can do whatever to like change his look. Um I trust Colin Farrell's acting ability to turn into a great oh, yeah. performance is yeah. cobble pot. That was when I saw that initially, my my problem wasn't like a oh, Colin Farrell, he can't act as the penguin. Yeah. Like, no, nah, he he could do it. I'm not I'm not afraid that they won't ugly him up. That's my only thing, is I don't want Penguin to be a heartthrob. Because Colin Farrell's fucking gorgeous. <laughs> Like, yeah. you need, like you need to ugly him up to play Cobblepot. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout out to Matt again. I'm in a cozy blanket and I want to talk about Space Wizards. Fucking mood. <laughs> <laughs> That's a clip from uh, this week's new back discussion. <coughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to cue and why I said Matt again, Spencer, I almost got a copy of Jedi uh, Fallen Order today. Oh, why didn't you? So... I got a text from Matt at uh, from Walmart. I didn't work today, but he's like, "Dude, Fallen Order is on the shelf already." Like, do you know why? And I said, "Oh, because our electronics department's lazy and fucks up a lot. I'll be right there." Because <laughs> I didn't know, and it didn't, it wouldn't scan on the register, so they like they couldn't sell it to me, even though they wanted to. Like, I tried to buy it. And, oh man! And so I was just, I was bullshitting with them afterwards, and I'm like, "By the way, get all those off the shelf right now." Like before yeah. you get someone who will get angry over this. Right. But yeah, I almost got to play it. You mean like early. they did whenever the force Awakens was coming out and I want to get that goddamn Kylo Ren. T-shirt. That's exactly what I was thinking of when I went. <laughs> I was like, this story sounds really familiar. <laughs> yeah. But like I, I knew going in, I was like, something, it's not going to ring up. I should go anyway. And then I ended up getting free subway out of it. So you know what? <coughs> it all worked out in the end. Yeah. But no, that's my biggest thing is like I'm not – my biggest thing is that I hope they ugly up Colin Farrell and I'm not worried that they won't. But yeah, I'm really excited to see what he brings to the role. Like, this cast is just getting more and more interesting. Yeah. Like they are bringing the fucking heat. I – as long as I – it's not dark and gritty for the sake of dark and gritty, you know. Yeah. You know how much I love that. Um, I'm really excited for this Batman movie. Yeah, I yeah, like, I'm really hoping that we get a long Halloween style story. Me too. Um, I didn't include it because I wasn't sure of the veracity of it, but there is that rumor about McCon- Matthew McConaughey being eyed for Harvey Dent. Really? I haven't seen that at all, but that is interesting. And like, I want I've always wanted like a proper long Halloween because I know everybody says like, oh, the Dark Knight's basically I agree long with Halloween, you. which yeah. is true. It's based on, but it's, it's not. Loo- yeah, the Dark Knight is loosely the long Halloween with way more Joker. Yeah. Um, I would like a proper long Halloween and I kind of like the idea that like maybe um, – oh, no. Help me. I'm losing the name of the lady who was cast. Uh, I'm so forgetful. Oh, the one that we just talked about? Yeah. Uh, never mind. I'm out of the show notes. I lied. Uh, Jamie Lawson. Jamie Lawson. Um, perhaps maybe Jamie Lawson is Harvey's wife. And okay. like, like you, and that's how you like bring her a little bit further into the spotlight in that story. And you have kind of like what's going on there. If Harvey is in it, if the whole McConaughey thing is true, which I'm not sure – like it was one of those like I kept seeing it everywhere, but it was like it was a mix of like comic book CBR 
and we got this covered in Cosmic Book. Like, it was one of those, like, I don't yeah. know. Like, this is one of those, like, it's a rumor that could become something. So take that one with the biggest grain of salt of the bunch here. Salt mines worth. Yeah. But that would be interesting. So that that would be beyond interesting. Yeah. So this A list cast for the Batman very much excites me. Um, Yes. Before we start TV talk, uh, we're going to bring it back to a serious moment here. Um, The day we are recording this is Tuesday, November 12th. This day last year, we lost one of the greatest minds in all of comic books. We lost Mr. Stanley Lieberman, a.k.a. Stan the Man Lee. Um, I want to take this time to just, again, thank Stan and his legacy for everything they brought us. Uh, We don't have some of the most amazing content we've ever had. (laughs) Uh, I know everybody on this show can say that. Uh, the the work he he's done has changed their lives in a very very permanent way, um, and has changed the landscape of entertainment permanently. Uh, so for that, Stan and all of those of the Lee slash Lieberman family, um, all the best wishes. Quick today. round table favorite cameo. Oh fuck! Because um, I know mine immediately. Spencer, I need a minute. Can I just say mine then? Yeah. Into sure. the Spider-Verse. That scene yeah. with him and Miles is it's too perfect. It is. That that's like that's why I didn't want to say that. <laughs> like it's like that is such a shoe-in for the answer. But like, I'm I'm sorry. I mean I'm a basic bitch. Like I can't not say I mean it. here okay, uh, let me let me put it this way. He's basically playing Stanley in that scene. Yeah. Like, like know, he goes like that one go like slightly goes, and I'm not like trying to invalidate your answer. For me personally, oh, that's oh, slightly you, you goes. You thought I meant in the story. No, I meant in the crosswalk. Stanley shows up several times in that movie. I knew he shows up a few times, but like, <laughs> and I'm fucking with you. But does he? He's the crosswalk where him and Peter B, where Miles and Peter B crash at the end of the chase. Oh, I didn't know he was he's, in there he, too. He qua- he crosses and kind of looks over his shoulder at them, and then keeps walking. Huh. Here's my thing, and like again, not trying to invalidate your answer. He is not like random dude on the bus at that point. Like he's playing fucking Stanley. Stan yeah, like that's Stanley like weighing in on the legacy of Spider Man. Which I appreciate. Which, so, like, me too. Like, like I, I, that, that line alone choked me up even more than like watching Peter die, um, twice in one year. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm not going to count that as a possible cameo. Wow, because fuck of you. because of, because of for me for me because of just like that is Stan Lee like speaking his piece on the character. I think my favorite cameos, it's probably a toss-up between how fucking hilarious the one in Amazing Spider-Man 2 or Amazing Spider-Man 1 is. Yeah. Where he's fighting Kurt Connors in the library. Um or I love the Watcher informant thing in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. That is so funny to me. And the whole idea that Stan was like maybe a watcher, that whole theory being codified with that scene, really entertaining to me. Um, so not counting into the spider verse, which is literally just Stanley reminding us what it means to be Spider-Man. I also really like the one in Captain Marvel. That one hurt me way too much to watch. Like I, I, I can't count that one. 
you just, you, just, I, you just hate, it emotionally did me harm. You hate my opinions, and I'm going to leave now. Fuck oh, you. piss off. <laughs> uh, Spencer, your favorite Stanley cameo. I don't know. I'm currently <clears throat> I'm currently torn between three, two of them because they're funny, and one of them because it was like an oh my goodness sort of a moment. Um, so I'll just put the last one out there. Um, for the oh my goodness moment, it's got to be um, Guardians Volume Two when he's just like chilling, having a conversation with the Watchmen yeah. or the Watchers rather, and he's like. Yeah, so then this other time I was a mail delivery guy and it was like, oh my goodness, Stanley is a watcher. <laughs> well, like, I and remember then, whenever we saw that with our whole group, like Spencer, you and I were both the ones sitting there who were like super not impressed by Guardians 2. Yeah. And underwhelmed. I, mm-hmm. And like the, that that second half of the movie picks up the pace so much, at least for me. I think you said for you as well, like the back half of that movie is way more enjoyable than the first half. For sure. That like that was like kind of what won us back over was seeing was, Stan Lee with a watcher. It's still for sure my least favorite Marvel movie. But the, like you say, the second half was way better. And part of the thing that made it better was that, the cameo. Like that jolt to the system. Yeah. Spencer right. hurt me so much. It was like, much. holy cow, it's Stan Lee talking with watchers in a movie. <laughs> And then That's I guess my for my two funny ones, the, first, the one is from um, Me too. Thor 1 <gasps> when he's like trying to pull Mjolnir out of the crater and oh, his that truck. Was, oh, like, that's that was destroyed. hilarious. And he turns around and he's like, did I get it? Did I get and, it? <laughs> and then the that's other good. funny one was uh, from, I think it was Iron Man 1 when he's just like walking through the crowd and he mistakes him for Larry King. <laughs> That's a good one. And he's like, no, no, good to see you, Larry. And then Stan I, I Lee has was... like a pipe in his mouth and he's in a bathroom. No, I thought it was Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner's an Iron Man 2. Oh, it was Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2 is Hugh Hefner. No, I don't think it is. It's an Iron Man. I think it's an Iron Man 1. He calls him, I think he says Hef. Oh. Because in Iron Man 2, it's during, it's after, um, the convention and he's walking out and in like a phone video you see him uh, no no the i remember now for iron man one he mistakes him for larry king and then in iron up. man two it's hugh hefner yeah, i want to say pipe. hugh hefner's in iron man the hugh hefner one's in iron man too yeah you're right you're right I'm looking this up. I'm not letting. I'm not. I'm going to die on this hill. No, feel free Cause, to die. Because like you, you, you Google Hugh Hefner, and the images that come up are like the red robe and the pipe. Yeah, that he but was I'm in. saying, I'm saying, wait, just making sure, Spencer, are you saying that the Larry King one is in the first one? Yes, because that's what I. I I'm think it's almost the first positive one, that it's the Larry King. Another one that I think is like super underrated is his cameo in Silver or Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver, Silver Surfer. Surfer. Yes, where he's trying to get into Reed and Sue's wedding and they won't let him on because he goes, "My name is Stan Lee. I'm on the list. I'm working the Baxter Building." <laughs> yeah, Tony Stark mistakes Lee for Hugh Hefner in 2008's Iron Man. Get fucked, both of you. Okay, I know my Iron Man. Okay, Ugh. okay. Was it was it the third one really? No, first one. Whoa, you're on a completely different wavelength. It was the fir- we were both wrong. The first one, the third one, he's in the bingo gate, or he's at like the the thing with like the hot lady, and he's like, oh, well, hey, lady, you know, he's like in like the bingo or whatever the charity thing is. Wait, 
Iron Man. Okay, I just like opened up a video to see what I'd find. Iron Man two is Larry King. Or, Iron is Man Larry one King. is Hugh Hefner. Iron Man three, he's at that bingo or whatever the fuck it is. But yeah, so thank you, Stan. And, thank you. And uh, you know, Excelsior. Excelsior. Absolutely. You're here. Travis, you watch a lot of TV shows. I watch too many TV you shows. You consistently watch a lot of TV shows. A lot. Like a lot, a lot. Like consistently. Yeah. Are you trying to tell me you didn't watch Watchmen again? <laughs> that time, and I hate it, because like, the Sunday night release is really weird. Yeah. Especially for a show as long as Watchmen. And like, trying to like fit that in, especially since I work in the morning and then come home and do do back. Yeah, and to be fair, I most don't, nights recently, and then watch a fucking movie. <laughs> I don't watch because like Titans releases on a streaming service, so that's not as bad. But like, I don't watch any of the CW shit when it comes out. Yeah, I also like it because takes, it's, it's airing immediately now. Except for last week, I got to watch Flash. I got to watch the Flash and Arrow. I will talk about now as it aired, which yeah. was so cool. That's the other pain in the dick. Is it with like HBO Go, like? It's kind of a crapshoot when they upload like because normally I'd use HBO Go to watch Game of Thrones and last week tonight and like sometimes like like Game of Thrones would be up immediately. Last week tonight took like eight hours. Yeah. And like like the last week tonight would go up at the same time that like the YouTube video of whatever that week segment was would go up. Watchmen like there was one night I tried to check it right after Watchmen ended it wasn't there and then like the next morning it was finally there so like it keeps coming out of this weird time so apologies that I didn't watch Watchmen you didn't watch men you didn't watch men I knew it <laughs> I knew it um so I'm gonna start with Arrow okay, which show you said something will disappoint me Oh, it's in Batwoman. It's in Batwoman. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start with Arrow because okay. last week – so last week I was like, yeah, I watched like the back half of the episode and I kind of like offshot it. So I want to catch up with that and then go into this week's. So I guess it was two weeks ago. It, it's so weird talking about it because, the, again, the episode's airing now. But um, two episodes ago, Oliver decides he wants to get more information on the monitor and that the best chance he has at that is to go to Nanda Parbat because okay. he knows the League is most likely to have any information on him. So he goes. He has an adventure with Thea and um, Talia. They find the sword of the originator of the League. Thea and Talia decide they're going to remake the League in a like – like instead of being center-leaning evil, they're going to be good – Um. They find information on what they – what I'm going to take my guess as is they think it's about the monitor and that he's going to bring a, about crisis and what they found is actually about the anti-monitor. That's my prediction. Okay. That's – okay. And then at the end of the episode, I can – I stopped Cole because I thought there was a whole caveat following that. Wait, hold on. What? Did they actually release it? Release what? Don't. Disney Plus has the Morgan Stark scene in it. Oh, yeah. Oh. You, you didn't see it already? I didn't. No, I didn't. Oh, do you want to talk about it real quick? Can you? Because I'm assuming you did. I think it's bad. 
Really? Like the lines are great. I don't think she delivers them well. Oh man. Like that's a Can we like pause so I can pull it up on my phone? I suppose. And we're back. Oh my god, that was so hard to watch. He didn't have to say it at the end. Oh, but he did. Uh, yes, he did. No, I don't know. Like there was something about it, like I think it's really hard. I think it's really hard to act opposite Robert Downey Jr. in that same period. I agree. I, I, like I don't begrudge Catherine Langford. Yeah. Like it's it's foreign to all of us to see Morgan all grown up. Like it's it's a lot easier to just accept little kid. Like I guess. little kid exists exists. And Gwyneth Paltrow, Don Cheadle, and Tom Holland do a really good job in the scene where Tony's, like, fading. Because, like, Robert's just doing the face acting while everybody else is just crying. Where, like, Catherine Langford has to have a a much... Not to take away from the scene where Tony actually passes away, but, like, she has to have a much more complex performance of, like, this is essentially Morgan now that she's learned to live with the death of Tony. Yeah. Does that make sense? We're like, 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 like she's having a more, for lack of a better word, mature scene. Well, it's also like, hard. you have to bounce over Tony who just realized he committed the ultimate sacrifice. And like, there's also the idea that like, this is, this is Morgan in his head after she's learned to move on. Not yeah. even like, not even actually, actually Morgan. Yeah. So there's that element to it that he'd and, like to imagine yeah. her really, there, and like not Deserved. that not that I think like she just doesn't have the acting chops to get it right ever. Yeah. I think if they had given her a little more to work with, not like her lines are fine, but like if she had had more time to play with it, and maybe like they got a few takes, they were working with it, and maybe they were gonna shoot it again and thought, now nah, we'll just scrap the scene. Yeah, right. Who knows? But like, I don't know. It wasn't as uh, it didn't rip me to shreds. I also like that that was definitely a version, like I said, like as it started off the air, that was definitely one of the versions where Robert didn't say anything. Yeah. Because like – and I like that version where like he's he's less sure of himself. And I think that's another reason why they cut it is that like the I am Iron Man has he such knows. a like – he's like, and fuck you grimace. <laughs> like there's like such like there's such that, that there's that righteous yeah. indignation where like but he I knows he's making the right call. Not even that he knows he's making the right call. He knows that he's about to die. Yeah. Like I the, think that version. Like I think he's still that, concerned of like did, did I do the right thing? Yeah. Where I think I am Iron Man has like no. This, this is the right call. He knows when yeah. he says I am Iron Man. The version where he just goes. Like that, like he there's that deep breath of here we go. Like he's not even sure. And I think if I think if Tony doesn't know if he's making the right call, then that's good to show. As far as I'm concerned, it's my head canon that that still happened. Oh yeah, me too. We just don't see it. I think if we see it, it's really good at showing Tony questioning whether or not he made the right call. Spencer, your thoughts before we get into TV um, talk. I'm I, sorry, Travis. Okay, so this was the kind of thing that I would have enjoyed to see and have it be good, um, but didn't feel like it was necessary for the movie itself. I think the way that they resolved it, I don't think it was necessarily a bad decision to leave that scene on the cutting room floor, especially now that we've seen it. Um, but 
I feel as though that kind of a closure that you would get from that scene, you still get with the eulogy scene um, where he is like talking directly to them. And even though he doesn't have the benefit of hearing from um, them that, you know, things, things are good in the future, you know, he still has in his dying moments, he still, as he coughs out, you know, the name Pep and she says, it's okay. Like, we'll be fine. You aren't the only family that we've got. You might be the most important, but you aren't the only family that your daughter and I have. And yeah, you, we're going to be okay. Thank You've you. You've done your part. Thank you for saving the universe. You can rest now, you know? And it's poetic because it's like a, a, a allusion to him getting involved in the first place. Like, yeah. you know, I should just chuck it in the lake and go to bed. And she says, but would you be able to rest? Yeah. And with him, with like that scene for me is all I needed. The death scene and the eulogy scene combined accomplish everything for me that the way station scene would accomplish, except it's not bad. The way station, um, sorry, the way station scene just did not do it for me. It could have, but um, the de- like you said, the delivery was off, and the the whole um, yeah, the whole thing suffered as as a result. So yeah, I don't know. I quite liked it. I think it, like I said, I think it's best if you're going to put it in the movie. It's best used if Tony isn't sure of what he's doing. But for gotcha. Tony to question it after I am Iron Man, yeah. But yeah. All right. I'm um, sorry. We completely interrupted TV talk. I didn't realize. Don't it was worry. I'm out. used to it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Speaking of, I completely interrupted TV talk. <laughs> you got to go, don't you? I do. But before I go, Stubby. Yes. Sir. You remember how I've been saying that if I got access to Star Wars Rebels, I'd watch it. Yes. I'm just now realizing you that have I have to access it. to Star Wars Rebels. I really also, look forward to hearing Empire of prom- Dreams is on here as well. I know. I want to watch it, especially after the Carrie Fisher story we had on Dewback yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, I want to watch it very badly. Uh, Spencer, from now on, I very much want a progress report on your watching of Rebels on Dewback. Uh, <laughs> even if you can't make it legitimately, please send in like an audio of you okay. talking about it. Like, right. I want to put your Rebels recap very badly um all right i'll do as I'll well as your thoughts on do. the mandalorian in the yeah. event we're not able to yeah. get you on because again for obvious reasons take your time with that um but yeah uh thank you spencer take it easy love you i uh, love you boys i'll see you next week bye bye everybody tv talk tv talk while i get myself a water and i can safely take off my headphones all right we're out of discord all right we're free balling it, boy. Free balling it? I don't know why I said that. Why would you say that? I'm tired of shit. Um, Never have I heard, like, flying without a harness be referred to as wearing shorts where your nuts dangle, <laughs> being the same goddamn thing, you weirdo. How do I follow up from that? Give me, Give me a drink. What do you want? Uh, water. Water? Yeah. You bitch. Yeah. Only, only bitches and betas drink water. You're right. No one heard that. 
Um, so yeah. Is it disturbing that this is how we talk to each other off the air? Nah. Like all of us, like the whole Latro crew has always talked to each other like there was a microphone in front of us in a really weird way, and now it kind. Of... <laughs> so, like I said, he finds a thing that says. The, it gives like the name of the god. Like they have names that aren't the monitor and the anti-monitor. Yeah, that I can't remember. And I don't care to remember. Um, that that he's gonna start the crisis. I think it's about the anti-monitor because the art in the book, we've seen concept art for the anti the anti-monitor, and yeah. it's just the monitor, but scary, um, a little scary with some lines on his face. <laughs> that is how you show the audience that your comic book villain is otherworldly and powerful you put lines on their face he's also like painted white okay like not painted white in like like live the op because like the actor that plays the monitor is black so yeah like, the anti-monitor is just like you know printer paper white because all you know i know what you mean yeah um but that's what he looks like so i assume it's actually talking about the anti-monitor and it's just there to cause discourse later yeah and then at the end of the episode we do the time warp again. Dun, 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 dun. And everyone gets warped into the bunker. And by everyone, I mean Oliver uh-huh. Diggle, who had his own side adventure in that episode, uh, saving uh-huh. Connor Hawk and his mama, who he adopts, who we know he adopts later. Mama Hawk? He adopts Connor Hawk. So Connor is actually Diggle's kid. Okay. Who's actually Bronze Tiger's kid? Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So um, Oliver Diggle, uh, Renee, aka Wild Dog, uh-huh. uh, Dinah, and the kids from the future. Oh, interesting. So Mia, Adult William, um, Connor, Adult Connor. Yes. Was that it? Yeah, it's just those three. Okay. Because. Um, What's her name got killed in that episode? Um, Renee's daughter. Zoe. Zoe gets shish kebabbed. Oh, by whom? Uh, Raish? Or no, Raish is dead. Raish is dead. He, um, so in the future, I haven't talked about the future timeline that much because it's boring and dumb and I don't like it. Um, I, I like the people in it and I enjoy their dynamic, but like, A, there's a gray filter over everything. Not like that it's black and white, but like it's washed out because it's the. It's, 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 a, it's a dystopian future or whatever. Yeah. And, um. I just fi- don't find it interesting. I don't care. That's fair. Um. But. In the future, there's a Deathstroke gang. Headed at first by one of Slade's sons, and then um, Diggle's actual son, JJ, takes over. So JJ Diggle, John Jr., is a Deathstroke. John Jacob Jingleheimer? Yeah. Um, And they're, they're trying, like, because of things that happened last season, they're kind of gaining power in the city, and the... The new Arrow crew's trying to stop them, and there's drama, and I don't care. And Zoe gets killed by JJ. Connor pins JJ's about to kill him. They all get time warped. As Again. The, da, 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 da. Um, Just jump to the left. And so this episode is them stopping the Deathstroke gang. Initially, them telling 
them a little bit about the future. Like, Renee becomes mayor of Star City but ends up becoming a corrupt politician. Oof. And then he kind of comes around again later at the end of season seven. Um, they tell them about the fact that Star City goes to shit. Yada, 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 yada. Isn't, already, isn't it already shit? But, like, like more <laughs> shit. Um, it's that thing that happens with every, like, distant future Batman yeah. story where, like, somehow Gotham got worse. <laughs> and, like, so in this week's episode, n- I love how they don't call Felicity in. Um, and they, they, cause Emily Beckett Rickards is not in this season. They explain it by. Is there a reason like off camera for that? Like, did, did she just not want to do it anymore? Did like. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Cause like I said, I'm not a fan of the, where the Felicity Smoke character went. There are people that cannot differentiate not liking the character and not liking the actress because people are assholes. Yeah. And I feel, I have a feeling. I never looked into I'm, it. You got to move my mic. Keep talking. My belt loop is stuck around the seat. That's funny. And I'm going to rip my favorite pair of jeans in half if I don't Don't. like slowly stand up. Keep talking. Um, I would imagine we have a Rose Tico situation or a Daisy Ridley situation where people were just like, we're going to send hate this actress's way for no fucking reason. Yeah. Um, Also, off topic, I get Elicity is a fun ship and like now it's a canon thing. Do not yeah. send Stephen Amell pictures of him and his wife with Emily Beckett Rickard's face over top of his wife. That's – who the fuck did that? People. People have really do that. It's disgusting and I hate it. Please never do that. If you do that and you listen to this show, either stop doing that or stop listening to this show. I'm going to make that call. I know it's not mine to make, but I'm going to make it. Don't fucking do that. That's disgusting. Anyway. The Raylos are pretty good at not doing that to Adam Driver's wife. The Raylos are more. I like, didn't even more, know Adam Driver was married. More, more often than not, people will look at Adam Driver's wife and be like, "Oh my god, she's so pretty." Just like how you look at Adam Driver and go, and say, "Oh, oh my god, god he's, he's so pretty." pretty. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, just I I don't think she has any other projects. She just didn't want to come back. And again, respect the hustle. Um, yeah. But they explain it by like, we don't know what this will do to the timeline if we call her. So we're just not gonna. Which is so funny to me. Um, we get this almost very beautiful scene between William and Stephen. William and Stephen. William and Oliver. Yeah. Um, I as like Kid William was a scourge on Arrow. Okay. And, and no, like again, respect the hustle. The kid's trying his best, but he's a kid actor. Right? Yeah. It's hard. Um, especially like these kids that are at the age where they're growing up so fast. That, like, you can't explain how they went from the age you say they were to the age they are now. <laughs> That's what, I didn't see the most recent uh, season of Stranger Things yet. But I remember people talking about, like, the fact that, like, Finn Wolfhard is clearly being de-aged with the CGI. Because he is, like, that kid hit they puberty de-aged, hard. They had de-aged the kids in, ch- in, in chapter, a- chapter 2. Chapter 2 as well, yeah. Because they've all just aged enough by now. Um so they wrote him off the show. No, I lied. I lied. It's the other way around. No, because like it makes sense for him to be getting older in Stranger Things. It's it's chapter two that they had the DA yeah. for. It was just that. I'm wrong. Um, so I love the guy that plays Adult William. I I, I love Adult William, surprisingly, and uh, William is a, is gay in the show very openly, but of course never had the chance to tell Oliver that. Oh, because Oliver dies. Yeah. But so it's they have this like 
oh, how have you, like, they have this talk for a minute of, like, how are things for you? Because William's a billionaire tech mogul in the future because he somehow got the Felicity sports despite not being Felicity's actual child. You know, as you do. As you CW. As you CW do. What the fuck was that? Did you see the Scoob trailer? Dude, I'm so excited for Scoob. It looks pretty all right. Did you see the new Sonic trailer? Bits and pieces. They fixed it. it, it. I gotta be honest. Yeah? I like it way less. Really? As somebody who... You were the one who showed me the first trailer. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> For, okay. Throwback to the night that I was like, hey, you should come on my podcast. Yeah. You showed me the Sonic trailer because that day it had come out and I hadn't seen it. You kept telling me like, oh my God, it's so cursed. I'm less excited for the movie because he doesn't look like a crackhead. That's fair. Like, I want... Release the crackhead cut, okay? Uh, I'm so glad we didn't talk about any of the release the Snyder Cut shit again this week. I forgot to. No, As I said release the crackhead cut, I remembered that fucking picture Momoa shared and I got angry. We'll talk about it next week. Um, But, like, the... So he's talking about... I'm like, sure they'll buy another bus ad anyway. Yeah. So they're talking about like, yeah, I, I made it. I'm do like I'm doing well. Something something. There's something else I never told you. I'm gay, and like it's it's this moment. I really appreciated it. I was tearing up a bit, and then Oliver says, "We always knew," which struck me as odd. And they've like, isn't he like a fucking? He's not a baby baby, but he's like – He's a – so by the – when they ship him off at the in the middle of season seven to never be seen again because that's what happens. Yeah. Um, I want to say he's between 11 and 13 and like – Okay. And they, they hint at it like because they send him off to boarding school for a bit during the beginning of season seven and he hints that like he was either getting bullied or like was getting into fights over things happening and like – and, and because at that point we know that William in the future is gay, it's implied, right? But Oliver hasn't been around him for any of that. Okay. So like it, it struck me, even though like afterwards I was able to rationalize it, it struck a weird chord with me in like him saying we always knew. Like I didn't know how to feel about like, it. Like you weren't in the room to know. Yeah. Like how how did you always know you weren't in the room? But like okay, I, I I'm just you know obviously Oliver wasn't going to be like no son of mine. <laughs> Right? Like, that was not going to happen. You're just... waiting until I take a sip to do this shit. <laughs> I might be. You fucking prick. It's called comedic timing. Um. So we have that. I'm trying to think. So uh -huh. they, they stopped the Deathstroke gang. Him and Mia. Because, like, William and Oliver at least got the talk while Oliver, Oliver was a sentient being. Mia is born, and then Oliver leaves and dies. That is unfortunate. So, like, they have had no interaction whatsoever. And Mia is just does not know how to handle it. Like, obviously, I think that was handled very well. And by the end of the episode, she's opened up a little bit to, like, I want to get to know my dad. Right? Yeah. Um, We have a similar thing between Diggle and Connor. Um, Renee has to go through the, the motions of, in the future, my daughter gets killed because she gets sucked into what I do. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, and they don't get sent back to the future at the end of the episode. 
That's the power of love. So um, I'm excited. Like I, I, like I said, I don't mind these characters. I think the storyline they were kind of forced into kind of sucks. But <laughs> seeing them okay. now interact with main cast members is a lot of fun. Yeah. And I'm excited to see more of that uh, probably in two days when I actually watch it. Okay. Because it's airing right now as we speak. Uh, Flash, Barry goes on vacation. Moving on. <laughs> um, no, so Barry takes Iris on vacation. And Cisco's left to, like, we have another Cisco needs to learn to be a team leader or whatever, like, make his own decisions, which, like, he's never had a problem with this. Why did this need to be a story arc? Anyway, uh, also, Gypsy's dead. Oh, okay. So, like, the the other person who could do breaches that he dated for a lot of, you didn't watch a lot of late Flash, but, like, I think they're dating in all of season three and most of four. Okay. Um, she's just dead. Oh, like they couldn't even like in the scene where we watch her die. It's not even the actress. I don't think it's a stunt double that they purposely pan the shot. So you can't see her face. Don't know what happened there. Okay. Um, so we, we get this whole like murder mystery. Cisco is framed because his one doppelganger from earth Two, which it makes sense why he's still alive. Cause he can earth hop. Yeah. Because he's a vibe, right? Um, actually killed her and then framed Cisco, but then Cisco figured it out. and But he did it on his own. Yay. Solid. Um, that That's it for Flash. Uh, oh, and then at the end, oh, and actually, sub thing, Joe and Nash get stuck in a pipeline together and almost die. Ralph saves them. And at the end, uh, Nash Wells says he knows how to save Barry Allen. Shocker. Yeah. Moving on. Um, do you want me to talk Supergirl or Batwoman next? Uh, I'm dying to hear what's, what allegedly is going to disappoint me. So lay it on me, friendo. Oh, Batwoman? Sorry, I, I was reading yeah. the text. Okay. So... I actually took notes for Batwoman and Supergirl today. Okay. I feel official. So our opener is um, – our villain this week is the Executioner. He was – he's literally like he was the Gotham Executioner and then found out that because corrupt politicians, he had been executing innocent people and it really upsets him. So he goes after the three guys who signed off on all the paperwork that were just killing these innocent people. Now are we doing Executioner or Electrocutioner? Executioner. Okay. I might have said Electrocutioner by accident. No, you didn't. I was asking if we were oh. doing Electro. No. Cutioner. <laughs> not elect. Not not that. No. <laughs> um, that, that Jamie Foxx as Max Dillon showed up. In a DC thing. I was talking to himself in the mirror about his best friend Spider-Man. Spider-Man. So <laughs> we open with... That movie exists. Yep. Um... So his whole thing is his killing MO is by ways of execution that Gotham has used, i.e. electric chair slash fence, because strapping someone to a chair is a little obnoxious. Okay. <laughs> uh, firing squad with automated rifles, um, it, which is where we kind of pick up our episode, and 
Sophie, the the girl that had the thing with Kate, now they don't. Now she's married, yada, yada, gets shot. Uh, Kate takes her to Mary's secret clinic that I talked about before. Uh-huh. And um, Kate Kane, who was training to become a crow and went to a military academy, doesn't know types of bullets. Moving on. Okay. Yeah, like, shows up with Sophie. She needs your help. Okay. Mary, what kind of wound is it? A bullet wound. Okay, but what kind of bullet? Like, hollow point? I don't know, a bullet wound. And I get maybe she was flustered in the moment. Yeah, maybe. like, she should know what the fuck is up with that. Moving on. Um, We get the hot knowledge that Lucius Fox is dead. That was... That was the thing. They killed Lucius Fox off screen? Before the show started. Oh. I figured he was in retirement slash in on leave with Bruce is what I assumed. But also I thought I found it weird that Luke had always been talking about working with Bruce while he was Batman. And it never really clicked with me that the reason that was happening was because Lucius was de- indisposed. Um... Now, just double checking. Gotham doesn't know that Bruce Wayne is Batman. No. Okay. Just make, I didn't think so. They, they know that Batman and Bruce Wayne have both not been around for three years and cannot piece it together. <laughs> um, this is going to be a long one, folks. We're at two hours. Oops. Yeah, we're almost done with TV talk, though. I got two more shows to talk about. Yeah, but we're on like the back chunk of it. I guess. Um, so yeah, Lucius Fox is dead. Okay, was murdered. Bullshit. Yeah, he was murdered. Murdered when Luke was eighteen. He's murdered. Yeah. Who killed him? Uh, some dude. Well, now we don't. Know. Some dude. Now we don't know because fuck it, that. His killer was it, it wrapped up in the in the um, fraud case. Right. Okay. So there's like they they probably got the wrong guy, and now that's going to be Luke's subplot for the season. I presume is finding Lucius's killer. Um, we get a reference to Mayor Cobblepot, not current acting mayor, but how did that happen? So there's like versions where before he becomes the Penguin, right, Oswald who is very rich and very in the know, might run for mayor. Uh, Again, have no idea when or how or why. (laughs) All we get is electric chair, or no, firing squad, which saw an uprise under Mayor Cobblebot. Weird. And that's it. That's all we get. Um, They track down the, the, the executioner, like the real person off his license plate number on his truck, which he hits... Which I just found this funny, so I wrote it down. So he slams into Kate with his truck. And because the suit is basically a smart suit, it memorized the exact impact so they could get a license plate number. (laughs) And I just found that really fucking funny. I was expecting, like, it took a screenshot. Like... (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. It, it like, like just, I don't know why my like the concept of there being like a physical screenshot, like those memes, have always entertained me. But like, 
Just like um, the bat suit took a screenshot. Oh, and then I wrote this down. So they, they have like a real discussion about like corruption in the criminal justice system, which is neat. Yeah. Um, CW talking about the real shit. And then at the end I wrote, not only do I find the Alice subplot creepy, I don't care. <laughs> and that about sums it up. Okay. That's fair. Um, Supergirl. This episode is actually really easy to talk about because last season we got an episode fitting Lex Luthor into the plot of Supergirl. Yeah. Where like Lex was captured and convicted. Like Lex had his big plot to kill Superman. And, and then it went left, I assume. It, it went left because of Lena. Lena turned Oh, around. okay, cool. Um, I like that. Yeah. And he – like that happened and he was arrested, convicted and sentenced – Basically right before the beginning of Supergirl. And then we fit him into other events in the Supergirl story leading up to the point where they were at and how he got to where he was there. Do they go into detail about like what his plan to off Clark was? Uh, Red Sun. He not like not the story Red Sun of Krypton. Not Russian. Like he was going to he made. So one of his plans was to infused the atmosphere with kryptonite which comes up in supergirl later because they use it in another way um like in season three or something i don't remember they use light instead it's a thing um the plot that gets thwarted by lena is he like has a red sun beaming on he doesn't like obviously he doesn't replace the sun, but he's he manages somehow to filter the sun's rays into red sun rays. Okay. So super, so Clark loses his powers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um because we actually last season got like red daughter of Krypton effectively in a weird okay. way. It was cool. Um I saw in a like a little like it was like a 30 second promo for Crisis that like there's a shot where all the heroes are standing in like a hero shot and Luthor is with them. If that affects anything. Mm, so he's resurrect like L- Lena kills him, oh. walks away, and then the monitor kind of like zaps him back to life. And he's like, you have an important role to play in the coming crisis and leaves. Oh, OK. Yeah. He's also the one that reveals to Lena that Kara is Supergirl. Uh, all right. I was going to ask, is this, does he also know that Clark is Superman? I believe. Yes. OK. Um. So first off, so uh, Andrea Rojas, I haven't talked about her a lot because I didn't think she was that important right away, um, is now the head of CatCo. She's also the head of Obsidian Tech, which is doing the lenses thing. The Rojas family is apparently a big crime family. This is all information we've been told so far. Andrea Rojas is shade. Oh, okay, cool. Because here's my reaction. Female shade? Andrea is shade. <laughs> um, also, you read your notes is like whenever, like during a tech rehearsal, like you, you'd have a director who would just like I wrote write, this down, write what they thought immediately, and then don't know what it means later. Yeah, I'm waiting for you to just write. Stop clicking your boots so much. I don't know what this means. Like, <laughs> um, also, in her, so she tries to break into the DEO to break out. Um, I forget the guy's name now. I feel bad. Um, so they captured this assassin who they thought killed 
the reporter's best friend, but it's actually his best friend. Okay. And we find out this episode is tracing back Lena and Andrea's friendship because they have been best friends and then weren't for a while and now still aren't. Um, okay. But how they've – like their relationship and how it, again, fits into the Supergirl story because it's happening a lot behind the scenes. We also find out how Andrea gets – becomes Shade for the greater enemy of the season, Leviathan – uh, which is just when I like when I jokingly refer to the lizard people overlords, the equivalent, I'm assuming. Yeah. Or like not literally lizard people, but like the elite that control everything behind the scenes, you know, mm-hmm. but what a lot of people think the Clintons are <laughs> for a lack of like better comparison. <laughs> okay, keep going. I saw a really funny Epstein meme I want to show you later. Or I want to tell you about later. Um, During her initial breaking into the DEO, they get a really, really bad action scene. And they try to hide it because it's dark and she shades. So she's like shadowing around. Uh But it looks really fucking bad. (laughs) Um, During the flashbacks, we get a one of our only references to Maxwell Lord. Um, we get a reference to Lord Industries. It's not important, but it's there. Yeah. Like, they're willing to remember him again, I guess. Not even him, because he wouldn't have been in... Nah, nah, he probably wouldn't have been in charge at that point. Um, Lena's a bad bitch. Just in general. I don't remember what exactly I wrote that down over. Um, in the process of breaking in, she does break out the, the dude... And then Lena does something to get the medallion that made her shade. And then she goes to leave with her boyfriend and her boyfriend gets shot by Leviathan. And they're like, there's no escaping us, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, but I don't have the medallion. I'm not shade anymore. They never call her shade, but like, yeah, I, I don't have my powers anymore. And they're like, the medallion only activated your powers. They come from, and I shit you not, they say this, the darkness inside of you. Stop! <laughs> I laughed. Like, I had to pause it. I was laughing so hard. And I, like... The only forgiving thing there is the actual fact that it's... The dark, like... She moves through shadows. So it's literally darkness. I don't forgive it. I hate lines like that so much. So that's the CW this week. Um, what the fuck happened in Titans? <laughs> okay, so. It sounds like how we ask you about Titans <laughs> every week. What the fuck happened in Titans? I had to Titans? take a second and remember. So I'm going to get... Um, there's a... Don, so Donna and Rachel left together and then Rachel ran off randomly okay. and there's a subplot with what's happening there. Um, not important right now. Rachel can't can Rachel can kind of control her powers, but then went off on its own and killed the guy anyway. I don't fucking know. Donna can't find her and keeps calling Dick for help. 
Dick won't answer his phone. Now, when you say killed a guy, are we talking like innocent bystander or like killed a criminal? So she – Rachel goes to a soup kitchen, meets a person, befriends them. Person gets let out by abusive boyfriend. She goes out to stop fight, scares boyfriend away and is like, I did it good. Then her power goes off, possesses a stone gargoyle and the stone gargoyle kills him. But she's not intentionally doing that. OK. So involuntary manslaughter, the guy was in retreat. Basically. Like, this was, they weren't even looking. Like, he was around a building. They celebrated and w- were walking away. And then it happened. And then Donna finds the body and is like, I know how this happened. Dick, Dick, where are you? We need to find Rachel. Okay. Uh, shifting the camera to Titan's Tower. Um,. Fucking Superboy did his thing with the cops last episode, but didn't get taken. I don't know why I thought he got captured again, because he obviously didn't. He's a Kryptonian. Yeah. Um, Gar, after having this freakout moment of I fucked up, I fucked up, decides, well, I need to get him back to the tower and like make sure that he like he obviously didn't do that because he hates cops. Yeah. And people make mistakes. He pays reference to the fact that he killed a person in season one, which I had actually forgotten about at this point. Um, But they, Cadmus comes and eventually captures both of them. Um, So they, they now have Superboy and Gar in captivity. Okay. Corey comes back and finds... Sounds risky. <laughs> yeah. Corey comes back and finds the tower... Because Cadmus broke into the tower and, ca- and captured both of them. Um, finds the tower, like, dismantled. It was either Donna or Corey, I can't remember who, and is like, gotta call Dick. Yeah. Dick's in prison. Oh, yeah, because he, like, deliberately, like, attacked those So, guards, I, you at said. first I was like, I don't know if he's trying, like, oh, I gotta get in there to get Superboy or whatever. No, this is him doing the, like, I need to pay penance for what I did. Of course it was. Yeah. Um, This show expects me to believe that – granted, he pled guilty, but he expects me to believe that he got arrested, um, processed, and sentenced in, like, a couple hours. As annoying as that is, I'll allow it because every fucking legal drama does that. I guess. But, like – Okay. Like there was It's annoying. It's definitely annoying. Like, he's, but like every fucking show that like needs to expedite someone going to prison does it. So So Whatever. now he's in prison, but it's on his record that he used to be a detective in Detroit, right? Okay. So they try to give him special treatment at first and they're like, We're gonna give you your own cell, that way these guys can't get to you because you know what they do to ex cops. And he's like, No, put me with the gen pop. I don't I don't deserve this. Oh my fucking god. So they do. Oh, I fucking hate I hate this version. It's from what you've said, I do not like Dick. I like him and then I don't like him. And like Exactly. Like there are the moments like, oh my god, that's so Dick Grace. And then there's this shit that is just so fucking melodramatic. Like no normal person reacts to something like this this way. So you're, then you're probably going to hate what happens. Oh, here we go. I'm ready. I'm ready for the fuckery. 
So his cellmates are three guys who got arrested after crossing the border. Yeah. Um, they were trying to escape a drug cartel. And now they're in the point where like if they tried it, they're trying to break out of the prison and they half know that they're going to die doing it. Um, but if they get sent they, – they're about to they're get – They're going to die if they get deported. Ordered. And they're, they are probably going to die if they try to escape. Yeah. So – they're going what with what has slightly better bad odds. Yeah. Um Dick immediately figures out they're trying to escape. And like because at first they're like, you have to kill the cop. They're, he's leaking intel or whatever. And he's like, No, I'm not. I I don't I'm not helping them. I'm not gonna help you. I don't care. Like I'm just here to serve my time. Um and then like the the head of these What's three, his plan? Like, what's his end game here? Like, you're going to get locked up for, like... Seven years. That's the sentence. Seven years? How badly did he beat up those fucking guards? Eh. Assault of a federal officer. So, like... Okay, yeah, still. But, like, okay, so you're going to serve seven years in the pen, and then what are you going to do when you get out? Like, you're going to, like, beat up another guard? Like, how long are you trying to serve? Like, how long do you think you deserve to be in jail for, like, being in the same room as Jericho when he died? So, <laughs> because you have this fucking victim complex, Dick. So, um, the like, the guy that's kind of leading the operation of the escape plan gets shanked in the prison yard like the day before. Okay. Um, and then they're in the cell. It's him and the two young guys, and he's like, "Guys, don't do this. Like, you're going to get killed if you do this." Yeah. And the one is drawing – he's been drawing something on the wall. You already know where this is going. For fuck's sake. Keep going. And it's some myth about a bird man. Oh, my fucking god. Who will come really? and save them. Really? And the symbol is, is auspiciously it? like the Nightwing symbol. Oh, my symbol. fucking god. I hate that show. Yep. I hate Titans so much. I could not help – I – I need to take a laugh. <laughs> that is so fucking... That is butt fuck stupid. I don't like any of that. <laughs> Jared is... He's pacing. He's upset. That is so dumb. That is so dumb. Like, I just... It's not even that I need it to be the Superman thing. That, like, Nightwing yeah. is like a Kryptonian myth. Like, but it's the fact that everything about this show now, is like that. But now the, I have to say, it's not that the name of the god is Nightwing. It's that, or like whatever it was, like the the myth, the myth thing. It just it was just the symbol. It was just the symbol. But he was saying, like, you you think you're an idiot if a bird's gonna come down and save you in the night. And at 6 a.m., they take them to get deported, and they're like, they have the, the thing to pick their locks on their. Okay. It is not as buttfuck stupid as you thought. If it's just the symbol, it's just the symbol. And the like, the metaphor of a bird coming in the night to save you. It's not great. It's really fucking dumb. So but it's not buttfuck stupid. He's like, I'm not going to help you. I bet you'll never guess what fucking happens. 
Dick swoops in like a bird in the night to help them. Yep. <laughs> yep. And the two, the this. God damn, that was a power move. Oh god, a fucking show. It is so. Why does Titans feel more like a CW show than the CW shows? Like when I imagine like the fucking ham fistedness of the CW shows, it's this. Like that is so. Oh, the CW shows still feel way like when you're watching them feel more like CW shows. But when you're watching Titans, you don't expect it. Ugh. You know, like I'm, I'm watching Batwoman and Supergirl and what and Arrow and whatever for these ham-fisted messages, and I'm not like, not even the messages, like the fucking, but like the just the weird way you come up with things and like I'm I'm already I know that's coming. I can prepare myself for wow, that's kind of dumb. It's the CW versus. This is on DC's streaming service. Somebody wrote this. I just don't understand, like, the whole... Uh, and, and, like, sometimes on the CW, because they're, like... At least at first, we're really nervous about how they handle... Like... All cross-series... Yeah. Origin stuff... Like, on the CW, I can understand them not wanting to directly reference the Dick Grayson knowing Superman, let alone him knowing Superman well enough to have that kind of a personal conversation. The idea that he, like, accidentally finds some fuck uh, – keep going so we can wrap this up. Um, he, he helps them escape but doesn't get out himself and he – that's like he – the episode ends with him getting kind of beat up and uh, presumably thrown back in, like – solitary or whatever we don't see we don't see where he gets thrown back into um that's about it oh okay cool like we end with um cadmus has beast boy and superboy raven's off doing bumfuck whatever donna's off trying to find raven doing bumfuck whatever Corey, like you said I don't remember who showed up at the tower. That's how unimportant it fucking was. Um, Hank and Don were not. Hank and Don split up at the end of the last episode. Um, so like, they had their cute moment doing karaoke. They were helping some kid in rehab, like rehabilitate, and. Because I guess like an undertone is the fact that Hank was like a pseudo drug addict because he was on so many painkillers. Okay. Well, he was well, he was like actively oh. being Hawk. Okay. Um. And I must have missed it in the shithole that was season one of Titans, but he's helping this kid rehabilitate. And this kid is a ends up being one of Doctor Light's light grenades at the beginning of the season. And so one, a member of his – I think it's his sister – is like berating them in the parking lot of this bar. And Hank brings up a good point that like his family did not help him and she was all – like her junkie boyfriends, the one that got him hooked on drugs, whatever, that like she has no right to be harassing them about how he died. OK. But it ends in them having a fight and splitting up. OK. So they're not even in this episode like at all. Cool. I have no idea what the point of the season is now or where it's going. Sums up all the round. Good week of TV, kids. Travis, where can the lovely people find you? On Twitter, at Travis Political. And on Instagram, at Travis Political.
Jared. Homesteadive. I had a joke ready. Ask where they can find me. Where can they find you? At the bottom of the fucking ocean. Um, <laughs> you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at DarkJedi2552. <laughs> Is it weird that I'm laughing at how not funny that was? <laughs> oh, you're a dick. Like, I expected, okay, I expected, like, a pun of some kind or a joke relating back to what, like, what was said on the TV talk at the bottom of the ocean. Oh, well, that's not that funny. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that it's not funny is really fucking funny. Well, not, they're not all winners. Um, they're not all zingers, I tell you. Yep. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at DarkJedi2552. You can find me, or find Dubeck Discussion Network on all the social medias as well. Listen to all the other shows, do back discussion podcast proper, our uh, Star Wars show where we are revving up for the Mandalorian, Jedi Fallen Order, and the Rise of Skywalker. Check out Gore and More Wicked Wednesday, Jerk the Curtain Down the Rabbit Hole, and do back sports. With that, be sure to tune in at the same bat time to the same bat channel. We love you guys 3000. Did you know that fortune cookies aren't even bloody hell? What? Did you know that fortune cookies aren't even Chinese? Hey, take it. Hey, hey, take it. Although the guns are all fake, because those wankers wouldn't trust me with the real ones. What? My name is Trevor. Trevor Slattery. Don't hurt the You got a minute to live, fill it with words. Just a rule? Mandarin. See, it's not real. Then how did you get here, Trevor? Um, well, I, um... What? Bloody hell, push it Bloody hell, blah, blah, bloody hell. Oh, bloody hell, blah, blah, bloody hell. More bloody hell, blah, blah, bloody hell. Bloody hell, blah, blah, bloody hell. Wait a minute, bloody hell, blah, blah, bloody hell. Okay, bloody hell, blah, blah, bloody hell. Bloody hell. Okay, Trevor. What'd you tell him? I didn't tell him anything. Nothing. No. Should have pressed the panic button. Well, I panicked, but then I handled it. Do you want to do some kind of outtake? This episode was a fucking outtake.